This week on Pennant Deep, Kentucky is 4-0. After their first road victory of the 2021 season, they go down, beat South Carolina 16-0. And we have Wandell Robinson, the hometown hero, is in KS Bar and Grill to sit down with us. Great interview. We get to learn a lot more about his commitment to Nebraska, then back home to Kentucky, and a sorts of other things. And we get ready for Florida. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, download, comment, leave a review, comment away. And, of course, retweet the Pennant Deep podcast at Pennant Deep KSR. Retweet the episode for your chance to enter to win a signed ball by all the guests of Pennant Deep this football season. Let's get into it. Go! Every time so others... Mm. So go every time so others may every time get some live from KS Bar and Grill introducing Pennant Deep with Max Duffy and Miles Butler presented by Kentucky Sports Radio welcome into Pennant Deep I am Brent Wainscott and with Ray Guy award winner Max Duffy and Mike Morale or Miles, Miles Mo- Butler. Mike Miller. Mike Not Miller. even the right last name. Here we go again. Uh, Kentucky is 4-0, fresh off a 16-10 to victory over South Carolina. Defense looks great. Offense hit a bit of a wall, but Cats are 4-0 nonetheless. We're, gonna, we're never going to apologize for a W. But never going to apologize for a win. So what's the uh, specialist view on, the, on how the Cats beat the Cox? I'll go with Ruffalo first, um, just because of specialist point of view. I thought Ruffalo was huge last night. Yep. Um, one, for the win. Two to cover four and a half points was yep. big. Um, he hit what was the forty three? He hit three field goals, three right? Three for three, three last for night. Three for yep. three, which late in the game, South Carolina wasn't moved well the whole game. They didn't really move the ball very well. But that stuff really does change late when they can't settle for three and they've got to go for a touchdown. Um, thought he was a huge point that may not uh, get talked about much. We'll give him the attention he deserves on here. Yeah, it's always it's always good to bring up uh, the specialist point of view because I feel like kickers either only get talked about when they make a game winner or when they miss one, um, and not, not anything really in between. But he was huge for us last night. Like you said, Brent, with the, the offense kind of stagnating a little bit, um, I thought he's been big to just know that we've got that guaranteed three points at the moment. I would say for – I think I saw a stat today, his career percentage is like third all-time at UK. Uh, he doesn't get talked about a whole lot. I think, I think when you're coming through the ranks – and we don't want to talk about Ruffalo all the time or for too long because uh, let's not get carried away. But um, I think when you're coming through the ranks, it takes you four to five games to get to the hype where you deserve to be that you should have been at four to five games ago. And then when you've been going really well, it takes four or five games for that to kind of catch up and drop off, if that makes sense. So once you start going bad, it takes four or five games past that to realize that that team's bad or that player's bad. Yep. And I think... I hope that's not the case for our offense at the moment because if we start talking about our offense, I think we're really, really good against Missouri, couldn't be stopped, made a few mistakes. But last night, let's be honest, wasn't great. Uh, Only putting up 16 points against a defense that is not really, you know, a top defense in the SEC. I thought we just made a lot of mistakes which hurt ourselves. Um, We had four or five fumbles. It just didn't look Mm -hmm. great. We weren't throwing the ball like we had shown against Missouri. And... I'm just hoping we can iron that out um, and fix that up before Florida because we're going to need – we can't just pound it. We can't just go back to being the team that hands it off. And I found last night, particularly in the commentary, but also on the Twitter Twitter feed, a lot of people were just going back to, hey, let's just hand the ball off. It's like, well, you guys have been screaming Mm -hmm. out for the last three years 
to have us not just hand the ball off and be able to do both. And then when we try and do both and it doesn't go great, it's like, let's go back to handing it off. So you've got to pick your poison. But it's got to be one or the other. You can't have it both ways. And for me, I think we just need to keep airing it out and trying it. I think Will didn't have his greatest game. Um, our wide receivers may not have had our best game. And obviously the fumbles hurt, but yep. um, we need to keep sticking at this offense. I'll go glass half full. I thought second half offense actually looked quite a bit better. Um, they just kept turning the ball over. Just kept fumbling, um, yeah. And it's hard to obviously get in any sort of rhythm. But I thought if you saw especially late, once we held on to it, we were running it well. Yep. I don't know what our yards per uh, run were, but it had to be probably four or five at least. Um, what's going on yep, downstairs? Yeah, cage match. Cage match downstairs every week. Every week. Glad we get to do it. Um, but, yeah, I thought if we could have held on to the ball, I thought we were moving it well the second half. We just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. So hopefully next week that gets corrected. Very glass half full perspective for me as well. Kentucky is – 128 out of 129 in turnover margin, and we're still sitting at 4-0. Yeah, it's crazy. And there was a time in Kentucky football where being 4-0 was like, holy shit, we're doing something. Um, And I think that's a testament to where we are now as a program, or not we, I'm not a part of the team, but it's where Kentucky is as a program, where Stoops has gotten us 4-0, horrible turnover margin, and we still haven't played our best football. Just imagine – Turnover into a new month. You got Florida. If Kentucky puts together a complete game, I think they're going to surprise a lot of folks on Saturday. I really do. Yeah, we've been given – as a team, we've just been giving people too much, and now they're expecting too much, aren't yeah. they? Um, yeah. No, which is always a good thing. Um, but, yeah, well, it is – Hold on. Even with this team, they, like against Missouri, like they looked like a top 25 team. They didn't yeah. play well but still handled that game. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Even last night, we're just kind of watching this this game, and we're like, man, like, it's a little underwhelming after these last two weeks. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's a great thing, right, to have such high expectations and for us to put football out there that suggests that we're a top 25 team easily, maybe even a top 15, top 10 team. It's, it's great to have those expectations. It's just it's when you don't live up to them, obviously, the pressure comes, and, and, that, and that's the thing for the guys at the moment is, trying to live up to this expectation that we've set for ourselves by putting out such a high standard at times. Um, but I think one thing that really impressed me last night, if I want to jump on the glass half full train, which yep. I didn't start off with, would be um, given the turnovers, our defense held defense up. The unhealthy. defense really looked a lot better. Um, Valentine looked improved again. Um, I, th- I thought our big D line guys w- were really impressive to cough up the ball four or five, six times, however many we did, which was unbelievable in the game and to hold a team to 10 points yep um super impressive great job by coach white coach stoops in the defense absolutely agree we got florida this week i think we're going to drop another pod on on wednesday or thursday to be more football centric but we all i know you all like to listen to max and miles story so what i just want to talk about is what just happened after we got finished with our wandale interview (laughs) about five minutes ago the disrespect for not only myself but miles mike Right. Yeah, has just really continued to grow, even after we talked about it last week. And look, I'm not an idiot. I know I'm not the, the draw to this podcast, but you were the kicker on the 10-win team, and everyone still disrespects <laughs> you. We just went downstairs. Uh, we always you – know, we have our, our guys sign the ball, and then we'll take a picture with them. And we went down there, the four of us, Wandell, myself, Miles, and Max. Yep. And uh, Max, just kind of walk us what, what happened down there. Yeah, so obviously big Kentucky fans downstairs as always and uh, just really um, appreciate the guys that have done a great job for the team over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So me and Wondale got asked for a photo and no one else uh, on this podcast did. So just obviously appreciating greatness. And He asked it, me to take the photo. <laughs> it was actually the second photo. We had 
because the first one was bad lighting or something. Yeah. Max and I actually had a photo taken about a month ago. Two lovely ladies at a Kings of Leon concert <laughs> took a photo of us and forgot to turn the flash on. It was just a black photo. So it's probably about the same one we got down there, and we had to redo it. And then Brett and I just kind of stood to the side while we had a little paparazzi moment for Max. So I'm, I'm all about this. I wanted to continue. The disrespect for Miles in particular is hilarious. Um, the, the Brent Wayne Scott lack of... I guess just love for Brent has been massive. and No, it's um, not even a lack of love. Or I would probably appreciate it if I got more hate. I just <laughs> get no reaction, which I think is probably the worst reaction. And we're going to get into it a little bit later um, after the one day. I'll talking about the tailgates we're about to hit up pre this Florida game, which, the by gate. the way, if you want us, what's the up? The gate. gate. If you want us to hit you up, make sure you listen to that part. We'll tell you that we're going to be walking around. But um, – for me, it's like, hey, if you want to throw something at Brent when we walk around the Florida tailgates, if you want to you know, throw out any kind of criticism, hate, anger, throw out your terrible buffalo chicken dip at him, okay, well, go for it because please he will appreciate any sort of acknowledgement. I don't want to encourage the, the drunken Kentucky Florida <laughs> tailgate for people to throw stuff at me. I do. Because I still care about my appearance, no, I so do. I don't want buffalo no, chicken dip throw, all over me. Throw it at him. Throw it at him. And You're I'll, just saying that so me, you don't have to eat it. You'll make me laugh. You'll make me laugh. <laughs> Um, I'd say last night the DeAndre Square pushing of Tink on the sideline. Cool. Brent and I are Tink, and you are Square, yeah. and the fans are Square. Yeah. Yep. Don't, please don't do that. We don't, don't really do appreciate that. That, yep. that was a uh, awkward moment, I'm sure, for everyone involved, but I think they've ironed it Did out. you all ever know Tink? Is he okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Like, he bounced back up. Or is he physically okay? Well, the way he like, like, is he like, has he recovered? When he bounced back up, it, it kind of suggested that maybe he's got a potential at linebacker Oof. or something like yep. that. Running back, he, he really just yeah, he came straight back up. Can we put DeAndre Square and Tink in the Oklahoma drill? For, yeah, I'd like I to see like it this week that. too because Tink could be fired up. Really, D Square didn't give him a chance to get prepared, <laughs> did he? He just went for it. So I think it was a bit of a cheap shot myself. I think Tink would be ready for round two. Wonder if he's got any eligibility left. Speaking of anger um, towards people on the pod, I've got one for us. So you look at me. Did I do something? Uh, no, it wasn't you. Okay, thank I'm God. trying not to look at the person that was just okay. annoying me a little bit. Okay, what did I do? So you want to? So you We obviously watch all the Kentucky football games. We normally go to the game. Sometimes we watch it on TV. So obviously South Carolina. It's not really in our budget to fly over to the game. So you have got to watch it on TV. Yeah, and. I'm guessing I'm among many other viewers that I like to listen to the commentary. I like to sit back. Well, not this week, okay. but we'll get to that later. And I like to sit back, listen to it, you know, enjoy, take it in, maybe hear some stats, what's going on. You know, maybe they've got an insight. Oh, this guy got hurt and we didn't see it on the TV. So that's a great insight. Well, my fellow podcast member has this terrible habit that he gets into and he thinks is awesome. He just blasts music, like dance music, during the whole game, turns the TV on mute and just blasts music. And That's like brutal. almost has a rave while we're watching it. That's I'm trying to watch the game. And like, Brent, tell me that can't be a thing. And for the listeners, we're going to put a poll out. Please tell me you do not blast music while watching a game. So for me, I think it's like a happy medium. Like if it's Pac-12 after dark and... I've just watched a day for Irrelevant. Football. Kentucky football games. Oh, Kentucky football games? Yes. This is a Kentucky football game. We both played for them. I think – so I am pro-commentary. I will say, though, if there was a game for you all not to listen to, it was this one. These announcers were – they sounded drunk as piss. Defend like, yourself, please. I'm just – like, I wouldn't want to be married to you. 
Because I could see wow. like 30 years of marriage and you finally tell your wife you've been doing this thing that really bothered me all this time. What would have been a good idea yesterday is maybe, I don't know, the first song and go, hey, do you mind checking that off so we can listen to the game? I mean, I'm, but I'm about delegating responsibility. I'm, I'm happy for people to do what they enjoy doing and I'm happy for you to listen to it. I'm just saying I don't enjoy it. You could have said something. No, I'm happy for you to listen to your music. You were having, a hell, put, you were having was, a hell of a time. I was having a day. Yeah. I'll put my earphones in next time. That way we don't have to speak to each other anyway. I like listening in silence. Wow. That actually, that's funny that you bring that up because that's made me th- think of something. And this is good for the listeners. So the first time we ever, tr- uh, so on Friday nights, we stay at the hotel um, and you get a roommate. And so staying at the hotel, I get paired with Grant McInnes, our good friend that plays over at Missouri, um, going well at the moment. And we go into the hotel room on a Friday night and, you know, you sit back, you normally have a snack, you maybe you watch the Friday night games and it comes to the point of the night where we're like, all right, first game tomorrow, this is my first time ever, I'm nervous, I don't really know what the things to do and not do are. And this is 2018, right? This is 2018, so we're probably playing Central Michigan, I think, I believe, in our first game. Yep, that's great. And uh, Grant's been through it all before, he's pretty laid back and... I'm like, all right, I think it was a noon game or something like that, 3 o'clock maybe. So I'm like, let's get some sleep. So turn the games off and go to sleep. And all of a sudden, this music blasting in our room. And I'm like, nervous, don't really... I mean, I know Grant to a certain extent, but not to the extent that we have our friendship now. I was going to say, how long were you on campus before this? Uh, no, I was there in January, so I'd been there for okay. a little while. Yeah, so yeah. We, we could definitely have honest conversations at that stage, which we did in the end. And so um, he's blasting this music, and I'm like what's going on here? Like, is, is this a phone call or what is it? And so I sit back and I don't say anything and maybe I have a bad habit of just sitting back and not saying anything, Seems but like uh, leave it and two minutes goes on, the music's still playing and three minutes goes on, the music's still playing and try to go to sleep with it and not going to sleep because I'm not used to a rave going on in my room while I'm trying to sleep. Hey, Grant, can you, uh, can you potentially maybe turn that down a little bit or something? He's like, oh, this is just the way I sleep. I'm like, well, what was he that's, listening to? That's it was literally like just dance music, like full <laughs> dance music. And I'm like, well, that's fine, dude. But I'd like to go to sleep if that's okay. I got a big game coming up tomorrow. I know you don't have to do anything. And so he's like, oh, all right. Grant McInnes used to sleep in our hotel room with like headphones in because he liked to listen to bl- music blasting while he slept. Sounds like a bad person to go to the bar with. Like. Cheers. People's over there jamming, and he just knocked out in the corner. His favorite song used to be, too, which is funny now because you're saying the sleep thing, was Chris Brown, Don't Wake Me Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> what a terrible song. Yeah, he probably like played like that it. a few times. So I just thought that was funny that he used to love the blasting music. So you and him have a few things in common. We do. We do. We are not openly communicated from you. That's the thing we have in common. Kentucky is 4-0. Uh, we've got a great interview today. We've got Wandell, the hometown kid, in here. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump to him. Let's go. And joining us now on Pennant Deep, we have star wide receiver for the Kentucky Wildcats. Wandell Robinson is in the building. Wandell, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First things first, obviously um, got the win in Columbia on Saturday. Uh, report came out you're playing through a hamstring injury. Just, you know, how, how's that going? And do you think that's going to be a lingering problem? Um, I don't think it'll be a lingering problem. I was just a little tight and, um, you know, just didn't feel all the way there and just wanted to make sure I was taking um, all the precautions that I needed to to make sure that I was good on Saturday. And um, I felt fine yesterday. So I felt 100%. We're so. going to see you out there against Florida then? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I promise you, if, I, if unless something's broke, I'm going to be out there playing. So. First road trip in the SEC. Uh, held under 100 yards for the first time this season, which obviously is a feat in itself four weeks in. 
Um, how'd you find it? Uh, Columbia, South Carolina, was that one of the best atmospheres you ever played in? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's probably that's probably the best one I've played in. Um, just because my freshman year, I didn't get to – well, we got to play at some places, but nothing that was too crazy. Um, everything that was really crazy was at our home field in Nebraska. Um, and then last year, obviously, having no fans, so didn't have any fans in the stands. But So that was probably the best one that I've been it's a, It's a hell of a place. I know it's probably my favorite place to play away just because no matter – and they haven't been great the last three yeah. years, but no matter if they're good, bad, they're packing it out and it's going nuts. They get the rooster in the uh, little pen there or whatever they want to call it, and it goes crazy. Um, what, what, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, Brent mentioned you under 100 for the first time. Uh, the offense didn't really seem to click – on like oh in the way that it has maybe against Missouri in particular what was it last night you think that we were missing and what are we going to be looking to improve on come Florida week um well part of it was the turnovers uh, that's a big part of it and then uh, we just didn't execute we were hurting ourselves a lot um, had a lot of penalties at the wrong times and things like that so um, we just have to clean up the little mistakes and hopefully execute and just put some points up on the board. During the week, and lots of people are going to want us to ask this, so we may as well get it out of the way. We we put up a, a little gif last night about the people's ball security, and you kind of look like one of those security guards that just kind of pretends to pat people <laughs> down. That's how loose the ball security was last night. What is it during the week that you guys work on to try and iron that out? And is it one of those things where it's just an anomaly and it just happens sometimes, or is it something that you think you guys could definitely improve on? Uh, I mean, I definitely think we can improve on it, but, I mean, it's, it's football. There's going to be fumbles and things like that. Um, but to have as many as that we've had in these few of games is quite a bit. Um, so I definitely think this week of practice there will be a lot of more emphasis on the uh, ball security drills and things like that. So um, definitely we'll see a lot. How many did we have last night, Brent? Uh, four, which makes us next to last in the nation for a turnover differential. So the ball's the program, huh? You think Coach Stoops will put like bottles of Elmer's in your locker this week? The glue? <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, that is one of the uh, the one of the focuses on last night was uh, the veteran leader, especially in the wide receiver room. Josh Ali had two unfortunate fumbles on back-to-back drives. Mm-hmm. How do you all help him get through that since he is the veteran leader? He's the guy who usually leads the, the, the younger guys. How do you all lift him up in those situations? Uh, I mean, you just got to remind him, like, you just got to play the next play. You can't do anything about it now. Um, if you just keep dwelling on it, you're just going to make another mistake. So um, just kind of have to have that mindset, just forget about it and go on to the next play and just go make a play. Personally, for yourself last night, uh, Wondell, how do you, you think you went last night and so far in the season? And, and maybe, obviously, with that first game of under 100, what do you think was lacking last night? Was it just a – so many turnovers we really couldn't get into a rhythm or what, what do you think it was? Um, I think it was a little bit of everything. Um, there was just times we couldn't get the pass game going the way we wanted. Um, just a little bit of pressure and um, sometimes they disguise their coverages really well too. So um, just going into a new game with a different plan and just having a better plan to just put points up on the board is really what we have to do. So. Alright, but you're allowed to talk about yourself. You don't have to talk about the team the whole time. So talk about <laughs> hey, yourself. What do you think well, you've been doing well? What's been, what's well, been missing? For me, I think... Um, one of the better parts of my game that I've had is the deep balls. Um, I didn't uh-huh. have very many of those back in Nebraska. <clears throat> um, and then just being able to just run routes and actually showcase myself as a receiver and not just a running back and things like that. That's what I really used to have to do a lot was catch the ball out of the backfield and run the ball between the tackles and didn't want that to be my game. <laughs> so last night, the play that I remember probably the most was at near the goal line. They kind of threw like a screen almost out to you and you were about to get just double teamed and all of a sudden you spurted away. <laughs> For a guy that's not as big, yeah. um, how do you find it playing, you know, breaking tackles and stuff like that? You play can a lot you, bigger than you can are. Can you talk that play up a little bit more and give it what it was, de- what it deserves? 
What do you mean? It was unreal. I, I said that at the time. We were sitting <laughs> watching. I was like, he's about to get smoked, and all of a sudden he spurts away. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of how I've always been my whole life. I mean, I've usually been one of the smaller people on the field, no matter what age I've been. Um, so just kind of having that mindset that, like, nobody can tackle me. I really don't care who it is. I don't care how big you are. Um, and that's just kind of how I go about it. And whenever I feel somebody has their hands on me, I'm just really doing whatever I can to get them away. It was the first game against uh, – who we played first game, right? ULM. ULM. ULM, when you crashed through about three or four of the guys. So we, we, that's <laughs> definitely yeah, that's yeah. becoming a trend that I'm, I'm, we love. We love uh, the Chris Rodriguez, like, belt the chest salute. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to love you just running through, guys. So. <laughs> well, let's not forget, awesome. too, against Missouri, he got absolutely smoked yep. across the middle and yep. then just got up and started firing up the crowd. So where does that <laughs> fire come from? And honestly, did you think you, like, Okay, well, you think that was for dirty that, no? For that, people thought my head was hurting. I, my head wasn't hurt at all. I was just, the wind was knocked out of me, so I was just on the ground. Like, I just need to breathe. Just let me <laughs> breathe for a little bit. And then I got up, and I was like, oh, I'm good. So, just it, it was like <laughs> It reminded me of one of those times where I don't know what if this is a normal custom in America, but it is in Australia. So, when you chop a chicken's head off, they just run around like crazy because the nerves are still going in their body. That actually is it, a common thing here in Kentucky. It, people say running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Head cut off. Yep. It, that's, it looked like you'd been belted that hard that your body was just going into like nervous mode and you're going <laughs> crazy afterwards. For those yeah, at home on bit. the bingo card that had chickens with their head cut off <laughs> getting discussed today, you win because I did not have that one on the list. No. Um, how's it been playing with Will Wondell? And then get a, talk to us for a minute or so about uh, the new offense. Obviously not new. Well, it is new for you, I guess, mm-hmm. but you weren't in the previous offenses. And how you like that and maybe how it compares with what you had at Nebraska? Um, we'll start with Will. I mean, I love Will. He's going to come in and work every day. He does everything that you want you want your quarterback to do. Um, his arm talent's ridiculous. Um, I'm sure you all can see that plenty. Um, but just with our offense, it's just it's an NFL offense. We were able to go into the meeting room after the Rams had played and watch the game and actually be able to call the plays and the same exact play calls that we had and we've had in our games. Um, and then just it's way different than Nebraska because, well, one in Nebraska, they wanted it was like a little bit of tempo and um, spread you out. And like here, it's a bunch of bunch formations and rub routes and things like that. And um, it's a real post offense. We're under center. But in Nebraska, we weren't ever under center. Um, so that's, that's just the difference right there. Talk to us for a few seconds about uh, Coach Cohen as well and, and kind of the impact he's had on the group and, and how you're finding your relationship with him. Um, he, I think he's – that's probably one of the better coaches I've ever had. Um, he's a coach to kind of everybody on the offense. It's not like he's just coaching the quarterbacks or just the receivers or something like that. Um, whenever we're in meeting rooms, he's talking to everybody and not just one position group. Um, and being able to – that was really the big reason I came here. Well, I came back is realizing he was hired and he was coming from the Rams and he was bringing that offense. And um, being able to talk to him a lot and he's been able to help me grow in my game a tremendous amount. So When you were, like, looking at coming back here, I'm sure you had conversations with him. What was he kind of telling you as in, here's kind of what I envision you doing if you come here? Um, Cooper Cup. I mean, he, he had had Cooper Cup in, out in L.A. and stuff. And so um, he actually got me on the phone with Coop and just being able to talk to him and just see how Liam was and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's just – he's been cool. Does he do that often? Like, does he does he have uh, Will talking to Jared Goff too? Or is, is, it, is this like a common thing? Well, uh, well, he didn't play. Uh, with, yeah, yeah, so I'm not sure he could give out Jared Goff's number anymore. Could he? The relationship probably <laughs> soured a little bit. Well, he gave away Cooper Cup's number. I mean, who knows? Sure. Uh, can we get Aaron well, Donald in the building? Shoot, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. Uh, now, whenever I talked to Coop, that was kind of before – 
that was why they were like trying to recruit me back mm. um and just kind of got on the phone with him and i just wanted to see how liam had was like what kind of coach he was and just things like that and um once i kind of got all that information from coop i was like yeah i could i could play for this guy so when there's always stories around all the nfl guys and stuff but one of the main ones i think that people hear about cooper cup is like he's always the first in the building last to leave so much so that they think he just sleeps there um, did he talk to you about that and have you started just sleeping at the facility? Because for the listeners that um, don't know, we actually had a strong theory for a while that Elijah Barnett, your strength coach, he <laughs> yeah. used to just sleep in the facility because he'd never leave. And Josh Pascal's another one too. I think I don't think I've ever seen him leave the building. It he always seems always to there. Yeah, <laughs> seems to be there whenever I turn up and he's always there when I'm leaving too. So did he talk to you about that? And have you taken your pillow and sheets into the facility uh, nah, yet? I ain't staying at the facility. <laughs> I'm staying in my bed. But, I mean, he really just kind of talked about, like, how he was whenever it came to film and watching guys and studying tape and things like that. So um, that's a game – that's a part of my game that I've really tried to harp on and uh, just get better at. So I think – so when Max was here, he was playing a little bit older. I know he tried to model himself kind of after Tom Brady, the <laughs> old age and all that. Is is Cup who you kind of model your game after, I guess? Um, yeah, I would say there's a little bit of it. Um, there's parts of him. Obviously, I mean, Rondell Moore, um, that's one of my one of my buddies. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of guys in the league that are just kind of similar to my size and just kind of have similar games to me that I really like watching. So, Talk about how, you know, the game is kind of – grown a love for these smaller receivers you mentioned cooper cup already rondell moore limbo even yeah i was just about yeah. to say limbo and now you how how good is that for you that this game has adapted so much that there's an emphasis on you guys to be even the deep threat because you yeah. know we used to just air it out to i mean last season josh yeah. Ali was our guy big yeah, body Ahmad mm-hmm. wagner before that yep and then and now oh. it's you so yeah. how is that i mean it's just it just goes to show like it doesn't matter what size you are whenever you're playing football um that's something that like me and rondell and our trainer he used to always say how tall is fast so i mean at the end of the day if you can't put your hands on me and you can't catch me it doesn't really matter if, as long as i'm catching the football and i'm getting to where i need to be um, that's really all that matters. So. You got one? I got one. I'm um, sorry. So it's okay. So let's get back into a little bit just more of last night. So um, let's go to the defensive side of the thing too. We seem to be doing our part on the defense. Can you speak about them for a little bit and just about um, what you think our expectations really should be going into Florida? Given that we had a really good game against Missouri, we didn't quite execute a couple times. I felt like we probably should have won that game by like 21. Yeah. Um, and but now with the last couple of weeks have been a drop off. What are you really expecting going into Florida? And you know, can we get that big W that we need? I mean, I definitely think we can. We just have to come out and perform on both sides of the ball and special teams as well. Um, we still haven't shown that complete game where one side of the ball, where both sides of the ball are kind of dominant. Um, we've had those games where the offense looks really, really good and the defense might slack or the defense looks really good and, we look, and we'll slack. Um, so we just need to put it all together. And if we do that, I believe we'll really come out with, with a W. So. With the special teams, I know – so you obviously played against Missouri and our good friend Grant McKinnis punts to them. One of the biggest things that he was worried about going into that game was you going back there and returning the punts. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember if you went back there for all of them. And I know we go a lot of defensive safes, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But um, – who makes the decision on who's going to return the punts, and do you enjoy doing that? Um, usually it's between, like, it'll be, like, me, Bo Knight, and Josh, and we'll all just kind of just talk, and it's like, who's going out there, and we'll just kind of make consensus out, out of that. Um, sometimes I like it, and then sometimes I don't. Whenever I hear the punt safe, I'm like, I don't even want to go back there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want to go back there. There's no point. Um but, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some times that you just kind of have that feeling. You're like, all right, I want to go back there and so, catch one. So let's talk about that a little bit and give the listeners a little bit of an insight. So for the people listening, we have what's called punt safe, I guess, or, or re- the return is a safe look. Mm-hmm. So basically we keep our defensive out, defense yep. out on the field. 
And it's basically Coach Stoops saying, hey, we just want to get the ball back so mm-hmm. we can start offense. We don't want him to run a fake. Mm-hmm. It makes the return impossibly hard. Oh, we there's have, no return. That's we not ha- happening. <laughs> we have people on Twitter tag us. This show, they, oh, I see it yep. come up constantly. It's like it's our fault. Uh-huh. Hey, yeah. Um, why can't we return these punts? Why are we always letting it bounce? All those kind of things. Firstly, it means the punt was terrible. You can't even get there, mm-hmm. right? But secondly, talk to the listeners about how hard it is to really return those punts in that look. Um, it's well, damn near it's impossible. impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the only people that are covering somebody up are the corners. Yeah, uh, those are the only ones that are running down. Everybody else is, has a free release, and everybody's just standing, making sure there's no fake. Um, so essentially, you're one on what, like nine, yeah, 10, nine, and, eleven, something like that. And <laughs> add, add to that as well about how hard it is. Like if the ball's bouncing down to you, and they're pretty much got it yeah. surrounded. You can't just go get it. No, 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 you can't. Yeah. I would say, well, if they, if they touch it, if the defense touches it, then you, you might as well because no, you're not going to lose anything because yeah. yeah. already, it's already dead. So, um, I mean, if I, see a t- if I see a team do that and they just walk away, yeah, I'm going to go pick it up. Yeah. Right? Did you see the Memphis return? <laughs> yeah. Did you like that? That was, oh, pretty, yeah, I was like, cause that was one of the things in Nebraska. We used to always have meetings, and they'd be like, make sure you pick the ball up because this is what can happen. And then that happened, I was like, Oh, that that's actually why, did happen. Yeah. So. That's why they keep yeah. saying that. What's mm-hmm. it like when – because on those punts safe, it's usually if it's actually a good punt and high, they're all around you. Mm-hmm. What's it like when you're the ball's just sitting in there and you know there's about three guys? They obviously can't hit you. Yeah, it's, but it's just still the, like, fact that they're just around you. Yeah. It's just like – even if they if they really wanted to, they could hit you at yeah, the end yeah. of the day. I mean, they would get flagged. Worth the flag. But, yeah, Worth so it. they'd get flagged, but um, – some I've seen guys that they'll they see the fair catch to go up and they'll still hit them. So um, I just want to make sure, as long as I'm safe back there, that's all I really care about. So your versatility in size has allowed a lot of uh, comparisons <coughs> to be drawn between you and Lynn. Uh, one of the famous Lynn Bowden moments was at Missouri 2018. Um, he basically looks at Stoops and he's like, hey, I'm going to return this kick mm-hmm. and I'm going to take it to the house. Does, does, has Stoops given you that green light yet that you can just go in and be like, nah, like I've got this? Because um, I know Max I know, had it. I yeah, know with I definitely like, had it. I just chose never to go out. There. <laughs> um, there's a couple instances like he's like if there's like a big game and you know, like you just have that. And just I mean, if you come up and let me know, I'm not gonna say no. I mean, <coughs> Florida. Um, <laughs> there we go. And so he's like, I'm not gonna say no. So I mean, that's on you. So. Hey, with that as well, um, tell me if this is a normal thing or not. So like in the movies, right? If you're watching, and that's all my knowledge about football is movies and stuff that I've watched. You see sometimes they're like, the guy will go up to the quarterback or the quarterback will go to the coach and be like, I got this. Like, just let me do what I want to do. Are you allowed to go up to Coach Cohen and be like, hey, we're struggling here. This is, I'm going to turn this around for us. Get, just get me the ball. Just get, get it to me. Run something for me. I, I need to get it. I mean, not necessarily just like, hey, just like, give me the ball. It's just like, Coach, like, you know, like, just give me the ball and make something happen. <laughs> you can tell him that's stupid. Um, He's been watching too much TV. You can tell him that's stupid. Um, yeah. Now, in Nebraska, like, there was an instance in my freshman year. Um, I had went up to, like, we were losing against Illinois. It was a, our first Big Ten road game. And I just went up to coach, and I was like, just give me the ball. Just give me the ball, and then we ended up winning. Um, so there's been a few instances where I've just had that feeling. I'm like, all right, I just need the ball, and we'll change this around. So, Is there certain play – I mean, I'm sure there is, but you can talk about it. Is there certain play calls, like, if it's like, hey, I don't think we've gotten him enough touches today, designed to specifically get you the ball or is it more just like whatever the defense gives us on that play we read um i mean there's some play calls that are designed to give me the ball yep. but uh, i mean obviously if they take it away there's another option yep. um and then there's other play calls that i might be third in the read or something like that um 
So, I mean, it just really just depends on the call and whatever the defense shows us. Did the defense tighten up on you last night? Did you feel like you, they had a little bit more attention on you? Yeah, whenever we were in like three-by-one sets um, and I was at the number two, that would have outside leverage and then a safety right there on the inside of me. So um, kind of bracketing me and making sure, like just trying to not let me deep or anything or something. So, so for the got to get used to that. So for the, for the listeners that also got confused by that, um, <laughs> just try and break that down for a little bit because I know there's 11 guys on defense and yeah. some guy was probably standing inside you. That's about all I got there. So just break <laughs> that right. down a little bit more. All right, so three by one, number one on the outside, number two in the middle, number three, uh, basically attached or detached from the tackle. Okay. Uh, whenever I'm number two, I would have outside leverage with a nickel, nickel safety or corner, whatever you want to call them. This now coins out in the yeah, field. So yeah, we're mixing money and, and then, I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm just and watching then, all this go over Max's head. And then there's a safety. And so he would be inside. So I would be right here, number two, outside, inside. Yep. And so they would just have me bracketed right there. So inside or outside, wherever I want. And when do you punt it? <laughs> See, if that, they, that's all I've got. If they had one on the outside, one on the inside, I'd just go deep. Yep. Who's over the top? I just want to say, these are two former SEC football players wondering this, <laughs> we too. We actually so, were on the team. That's the most. So, <laughs> I think really it's funny thing. to think, too, that, like, people who are armchair quarterbacks like myself, like, don't really know the intricacies of football. So, I, I think that's kind of kind of fun. I know there's been a lot of talk about you taking the top off the defenses this year. Um, I've always struggled to take the top off. What do you <laughs> think? Taking the top off is tough. Yep. That's where it all Very starts. Hard. What do you think has been the main factor? I think some of the play action stuff's really helped, but what's been the main thing in getting you the ball deep? Um, I would definitely say, like, our, our run game. It starts with that run game. Um, if we can run the football and we can run the football as much as we want, when we want, um, that play action game is really what opens it up. And then once those linebackers are sucked in, and then it's really just you and a DB one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And so um, really all I can ask for with Will is just give me a chance and just let me go get it. So. Yeah. So to go deep, you obviously have to run a lot of seams. How how hard is it when the defense tries to bust your seams going up? Um, I mean, that's the that's kind of the tricky part is getting the hands on, and that's um, working on that a lot. Luckily in Nebraska, I was able to just they that's what our defense like to do is just kind of mush you every time you were trying to run a route, and so I got really good at just trying to dip and dodge and um, just not get let people get their hands on me, and so that's kind of. How I was able to do it. There's generally two options, uh, particularly in this offense. You either go deep or you rub. Um, and so for me, like, how do you make that decision and what do you prefer? You like going deep or you like doing the kind of rub? Um, I like all the routes. I mean, I like running the deep routes. I like running the intermediate and short routes. There's not really a route in the route tree that I don't like running, except for probably like our swirl routes and that's like a corner and you stop and it's just the it's just the hard route to run <laughs> i don't know what a swirl route is that's a yeah lot. It's, it's, a, it's going over my head again. it's a yeah i mean it's well so with i've Liam's tried the swirl route i've tried to swirl route a couple of times <laughs> normally when i've gone down you know you go down obviously on the field um and i've tried the swirl route it seems to work well, it's to, it's suck, the, it's to suck the defense in as well right no doubt <laughs> what's your favorite coach stoops quote we ask that to everybody and he's got so many good ones coach we, stoops we do true or not true a lot on here I don't know if you heard Josh's impression last week was pretty good of him. No, I haven't. He I did the whole accent wow. and everything. It was oh. like the true or not true, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, you guys get everything for free. Or <laughs> 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 he'll say he's taking care of us or something like that. And he's like, that. yeah, that's me. Y'all don't just get an off day. That's I gave you the off day or something like that. But yeah, He loves claiming it all, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Like He'd be the type of guy that would go down to like a charity like they're handing out the turkeys at Thanksgiving, and he'd still be like, I'm giving you these turkeys for free. True or not true? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm giving everything to you. Uh -huh. It's like, yeah, it's a charity, coach. Relax. That's what we're supposed to be doing. What's funny is he gives out all these free things, but the time you took his chicken wings, he decided just to berate the O-line. Wasn't so. happy about that at all. <laughs>
So we talked, obviously, a lot about Coach Cohen earlier, and we've obviously brought up uh, Coach Stoops. What's been the biggest difference between playing under a guy like Coach Stoops and uh, a guy like Coach Frost? Because you've obviously got the best of both worlds in the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, they're similar in how, like, they want to interact with their players. Um, now, when it comes to practice, just because Coach Stoops is more defensive mind than Frost was offensive mind. So Coach Frost was with us every day in practice. He really wasn't worried about the defense. Um, Stoops, he just kind of goes back and forth, and he doesn't say much. He just kind of lets both he, coordinators do He doesn't do, do much in practice, yeah, does he? He just lets both coordinators yeah. just do what they kind of have to do um, and not trying to run everything and run the show of whatever every, what everything's going on. So. I think that's a, a pretty good trait for a coach, though, is to, to not micromanage. Yeah. Like, it's obviously worked well with Alab or Nick Saban at Alabama. Well, obviously, it's Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. But he allows the offense to adapt yeah. to whoever's doing it, like uh, with Sark and with mm -hmm. Lane Kiffin. And now Liam Cohen is yeah. running the offense. So, I think it's obviously a pretty good trait to have for yeah. uh, Coach Stoops. I always think it was funny at practice. Like, if the offense would have a really good day, Stoops would actually kind of be mad. Because as a defensive guy, he'd get torched that day. Does he ever get mad at you for playing well in practice? I know that would make no sense to some people, mm -hmm. but he doesn't get mad. No, not at all. Like this is well, the other defense's problem now, not mine. Yeah, well, because like whenever we first like the first couple of practices of spring ball, we were just catching a lot of deep balls, yeah. and he was like, "I haven't seen this many <laughs> yeah, deep balls yeah, in yeah. in so long." So he was out. He's kind of happy. He's like, "I got it." I can have somebody to stretch the field now. So um, he wasn't too mad. He wasn't mad at me at all. So he was just happy that we can make some plays down the field. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about Coach Stoops in general, um, how you found him so far. Obviously, we, we talked to – and he's our favorite person really mm -hmm. on the podcast. But talk to us about him and how you found him as a head coach. Um, well, he's been recruiting – well, he was recruiting me since I was sophomore in high school. So I have been close with Coach Stoops for three years until I left um, – I would come up here really whenever. I could be up here really whenever I wanted. Um, I mean, he didn't, from then, he was still, like, one of the better recruiters that I've ever had. Um, and, I mean, then coming back, I kind of knew. I was like, I know he's they, – they had already told me. They were like, we have open arms. Like, if you decided that you wanted to leave, like, you have a place here. Um, and so then whenever I decided I was leaving and he contacted me, it was like we just picked up where we left off. And, um this time I actually decided to come. So, <laughs> All right, let's get into that then, seeing as you want to bring it up. We weren't going to bring it up. No, nah, it's fine. <laughs> we weren't going to bring it up because, uh, you know, you weren't the favorite man of Kentucky when you decided to commit, then decommit from us. Um, I saw a few Wandale heads on, on mm -hmm. spikes and things like that. Um, Pitchforks. But the first thing that I want to talk about, the commitment video to come to Kentucky. Coach Stoops is a big actor, great actor, mm -hmm. loves it. He's, he's, he's got a mic drop video out. Um, he's got one the about – The Coke Zero commercial. The yeah. Coke Zero commercial is one of my favorites at the moment. Just so natural, pure. Like, you, you just think that he should be up for Emmy Awards. He's got a career <laughs> after football. You did a bit of acting in the commitment video a bit. with a couple of your friends. Yeah. They couldn't stop laughing or smiling the whole time. You couldn't even keep a serious face on it. No. <laughs> one of the funniest videos I've ever watched of guys trying to act and just not doing it not great. Not being able to, no. One, has Coach Stoops talked to you about any acting techniques that he's got? Two, how funny was it making that video? Because for those of you that are listening, just type into YouTube, like, Wandale Robinson commitment video. Go watch it. It's him, like, five friends trying to keep a straight face and just <laughs> laughing the whole time while trying to act. So talk to us about that video. All right, well, one, Stoops hasn't – he hasn't given me no acting tips. <laughs> um, but the video, yeah, that was – it was kind of fun to make. But then again, it was really weird because you had to film it, like, really awkward times. Like, we had to do it, like, really early in the morning and then, like, really, like, late in the evening. Oh. Like, it wasn't like you could just kind of, like, show up and do it. They were like, we have to have, like, certain lighting and do all this stuff. 
Um, but it was really funny because it took so many takes on certain stuff um, just because they couldn't do anything right and everybody was just laughing. Who, who came up with the script? Was it you? I know. I think it was them, the people that did the video. Okay. They were like, "Does any of your, do any of your friends have a pool?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then our high school is right across the, literally right across the street from. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're just going to keep diving into this. So, okay, for me from Australia, we don't make commitments to anywhere because we were playing college. <laughs> Wait, so you don't is, like commitment? No, we're not about commitment. So if like when that happens, you guys can fill me in as well. If or well, don't fill me in, but. You guys can tell me about it if you want to. Um, is that like a normal thing where like, who is it? Is it the high school person makes the commitment video or is it Kentucky sorts it out or who is it? No, so it was like the Lexington Herald. Like that, okay. like, so they had yeah. their media group or whatever and they had asked me, they were like, are you interested in doing a commitment video? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and then they came down. And, and they're like, hey, this is what you're doing? Well, they probably yeah. assumed well, they were like that. Here. So I had came... <laughs> Well, part of it, so that's the funny thing is I had did, like, six different endings yep. just so that way oh, I knew. I gotcha. So, cause like, at that point, whenever we did the video, it was in, like, August or September. Man. And then so, but I didn't make the decision until November. So, just had, like, six different endings planned out. Um, and so then whenever the time came, I told them, like, which one just to put in. And they could just put it right in. And so, so okay, what made you – okay, you want to keep talking yeah, about the video? Yeah, I was going right, to say, so that's the thing about the Lexington Herald doing it is I was actually at uh, uh, Western Hills for your commitment day. I was covering it. And um, we're all sitting there with anticipation. It's this five-minute-long video of obviously him and his friends jumping in the pools and whatnot. Hilarious, yeah. And so we KSR is live feeding this uh, from my phone, which horrible camera work on my end. And – Nick Roush, our favorite no. bald man. Not our, not our favorite. So, Lex and Harold post this on their website, thinking everyone's going to watch the full five minutes. Nick just scrolls right to the end, and in the middle of his video, still no one knows where he's going. When we get the KSR alert, it's like Wandale Robinson's going to Kentucky. Uh-huh. So, the surprise was completely, completely <laughs> just thrown out the window at that point. And I remember the Facebook comments were not the happiest that Nick Roush uh, spoiled it. <laughs> yep. oh, I didn't even know that. Hey, so tell us as well, like, because um, I don't know, there's probably a fair few listeners that do know, why the flip to Nebraska? And then uh, obviously you, you had a really good rapport with the coaches here to want to come back so bad. Mm-hmm. So then, for, firstly, why Nebraska and then why coming back? All right, I'm just going to give everybody the rundown yeah, of what you, happened in yeah, this you, story. So hey, that way we'll, I can we'll, stop hey, seeing we'll on back, Twitter we'll sit back that listen. I committed to Kentucky to win Mr. Football and all this stuff. The floor right. is yours. So I'll, I'll, right. We'll go get a pot of coffee. We'll put the pot of coffee <laughs> we'll on. We might put our feet up for a little bit. Take it away. You've got five to ten minutes. You just right. go for it. This is it. actually pretty so juicy right I have went – I took all my official visits, and at that point I was like, okay, I'm ready to make a decision. I had known – like, I was silently committed in Nebraska before I even – like, that that announcement with UK, I was silently committed in Nebraska. What's that mean real quick? Like, I had – like, they knew I was coming, okay. but okay. I, like, wasn't putting it out verb. Like, okay. I wasn't putting it out. Yep. So then, whatever, October – October has, what, 31, 30 – 31 October, days, 31st? Halloween. Okay, yeah. So Halloween comes, and me, my dad, and my trainer were on the phone with Frost, and this is the day before I'm announcing. Like, they know I'm coming. And there was just, like, this big misconception on how I was about to be used in their offense. And so I'm like, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so at this point, I'm like, all right, what is my, like, okay, Nebraska was one, UK was two. And so I was like, I mean, obviously I know I'm, if I go to UK, I, I can't make the wrong choice. Everything's, I mean, it's UK and yeah. I'm a hometown kid, so yeah. I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to go in there, I'm going to play. Um, so I can't go wrong. And so and then part of it was that whole week, like, everybody's like, are you going to UK? You're going to UK. Da, 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 da. 
and all this stuff. So I'm just like, I'm feeling that pressure of like, I need to go to UK and um, just kind of make everybody happy. And then commit to UK. And I think you all had played like Vanderbilt. And yep, fourteen he, to seven was the final score. Yeah, and it was Ooh, a rough game. And like y'all had thrown for like twenty yards. Yep. and I was I like, yes. I, I think Terry was like three well. from eighteen. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that day, and I was like, after that game, I was like, yeah, I can't. can't. I was <laughs> like, I can't. I was like, I can't do it. The punning cool. in that game didn't convince you that we were on the right track. Hey, well, hold on. Before we <laughs> before we get further into this, that, that's my question though. As a recruit, you see an offense that's struggling. Is your mindset, hey, I can come in here and make an impact like immediately, or is it? This doesn't look like a thing that they can get better, even with Well, me. part of it is you have to have help because, yep. like, that's, so that's part of what happened in Nebraska. Like, we – like, going in there, there was an 800-yard receiver. Adrian had looked the part from his freshman year. So, it just looked like, okay, we had an offense that could be humming and you had enough weapons to spread the ball around. Um, and then – JD ended up leaving, and then I was there, and then it was just like you just have to key on one guy. And so if you don't have help, essentially you're not going to – it's not going to work. Um, and so that was what I – like, so then, like, coming back here, I'm like, okay, we have C-Rod, we have this old line you have Josh. I'm like, okay, I have some help around me, well, and I can yeah. really flourish and be able to do what I do and not just have everybody just focused in on you. Um, and so, like, because as, like, a recruit, I'm seeing and I'm like, if I come there, even if – they're still not going to throw the ball. It's like at the end of the day, it's who's behind the who's behind the center, who's calling the plays, mm-hmm. um, and that was so that was a little bit of it with me, um, not it, essentially not coming from the beginning. So you, you talked about that rough game against Vanderbilt. I believe even a few weeks after your commitment, you well hold on, hold on, hold on. Pot of coffee's halfway through. Do we get it just? Well, like, that's what I was getting okay, to. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went you went on Hey Kentucky a few weeks after um, you committed to UK, said mm-hmm. that you were locked in with UK. How did you and Nebraska end up sorting it back out to where you ended up going to, to Lincoln? Um, they had came on a home visit. Like, as soon as you were allowed to go, they came for one. Then they came back, like, a couple of days later. Um, and then at that point, they were, like, they were able to literally just lay it out to me. They brought me a sheet, and it was like, here's the two offenses, and you compare them. And – at that point, Nebraska had them beaten oh, every category. Sounds like they negative. Brought, yeah, yeah, what yeah, about the like, wind tally? Yeah, they were like, here, like here's a paper right here, and That's you tell good. me. Did Nebraska go to a bowl? We should have brought citrus bowl ring yeah. and said, well, here's the citrus bowl ring. Here's the well, they don't have a ring, so oh, that, what a shame. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> well, see, me as a going to be a freshman, I was more worried about okay, what offense am I going to be yeah, in, yeah. and how am I going to be used? I was like, okay, I mean, at the end of the day, you can go win games, but. It, at the end of the day, you're trying to get to no the doubt, next level. No um, and that, like, that's something like me and Rondell, like, that was what we kind of had in common. It was like, especially being smaller guys, you kind of have to go in and do a lot more than somebody that's 6'2 and 210 and can just go out there for a year and have one year of production and be okay. Um, so for like for us, we were like, okay, we had to go in as freshmen and actually make an impact and just go ahead and start having a name. And so that way, by the time it's like you're ready to come out, you have that name and you can really um, – you can go earlier than most would expect. So. Yep. Continue on. All right, so we were at Nebraska. We made the decision go back there. They get handed you the two sheets. Yeah. You get into Nebraska. What what kind of breaks down in those years that you were there, and what makes you want to come back? Um, well, so my freshman year, um, like I had expected, I was just going to play a lot of running back, play a lot of receiver. I was going to play both. Um, we had some injuries and some suspensions at the running back position. So then I ended up essentially being our number one running back my freshman year. Um, and I'm like 175 pounds soaking wet at that point. And <laughs> but you played running back in high school, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's a little different whenever it's sure. 300 <laughs> pounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 300 pound Big Ten um, 
D tackles and linebackers that are 250 and just want to come hit you. Um, so then the next year we had like already like planned it out like you're not going to be in the backfield that much just some schematical things you'll be in the backfield for um, like outside zone and catching the football and things like that so I was like all right that's cool and then Tom came around last year we had some more injuries and then it was just like all right throwing back there and so I was just like yeah I can't keep doing this and um, like we were just getting reports like that's just not what I'm going to do in the NFL so um, there's really just no point in me just sitting here and just keep doing that and just essentially just banging on my body. So, you happy about the decision so far? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm 4 0 right now. Yeah. Was the breakup rough? Um, I've been at through the, a few rough ones. Whenever I was like told him, that was whenever it started to get rough. And uh-huh. then things just wanted to start happening. I just was did like, they, all right. Did they try to come back and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll put you at receiver? We're just kidding. I mean, it was just, like they were just kind of like, here's what you had last year. Because, like, I ended up like last year with like 51 catches in like eight games. Yeah. But if it's, like, the quality is better than quantity at the end of the day, especially with, like, football and, like, how many catches you have and things like that, it's, like, you can have as many as you want, but if those catches are just five yards behind the line of scrimmage, then it's it's nothing. It's like your girlfriend telling you, like, but we went out for, like, 365 dates last year. Yeah, but you took me to Subway. Kentucky's taking me to Malone's. Like, we're only going 200 times, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Malone's over Subway. Essentially. So, <laughs> heck of an 65 straight days of subway would be tough. Yeah. What a, get sick of? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what he's getting sick of. You talked about how Nebraska rec- recruited you. They basically were recruiting against Kentucky. They knew that laid it mm-hmm. out. How did how did Kentucky guys like the Big Dog and Mark Stoops? How did how did those guys recruit you? And how did they do it the second time around as well? Um, I mean, the first time they were just like, I mean, you know what you are, and you know what we have here, and you know what you can step into. Um, and I mean, I understood that from really all the schools that I was being recruited from and what how it would fit the moment I got there. And that was kind of the, what I was worried about at the time. Um, but then whenever I came, whenever I was on the way back there, like, look, like you've done what you had to do in the Big Ten. Now it's just time to come come back and do it in the SEC and actually prove yourself and essentially just be here for one year and get out. So um, that was how Morrow preached it to me. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So. I would have loved to have seen, like, the moment that you decide, all right, I'm leaving. Did you call Stoops at some point or Vince, Coach Mayor? Text him at um, midnight say, hey, you up? <laughs> well, I had – so, well, once your name enters the transfer portal, they have to wait, like, 24 hours until you can be contacted by any, like, other coaches and things like that. So, as soon as so 24, 24 hours, hours in hit, one minute, yeah. Yep. Yep, as soon as that hit, then me and Merrill, we got back to it and started talking. Um, I mean, they really knew what it was. I was going to hear a couple other schools out and um, just hear what they had to say, but I really knew I was coming back here. You you had some some big schools, right? So that's a big decision to make. I mean, I was – like, everybody knew I was coming closer to home, but, I mean, it was really – I mean, I really could have went wherever I wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, is that, that – I mean, you're laughing about that. Is that tough? Because, I mean, um, th- there's some big schools out there that are trying to bring you in, and, and you probably at the time were like, all right, I'd like to go back to Kentucky, and then – whether you were surprised or not, all these big schools come, you're like, oh, hold on, I could maybe – and we're a big school, but yeah. I'm t- we're talking about Alabama, like yeah. The, yeah. the pinnacle. Like, I mean, it was it was kind of like, okay, you don't want to leave – like I, like at Nebraska, I was essentially the guy. And so I was like, you don't want to leave somewhere and then go and not be the guy. Yeah. So like just going to one of those schools and you're just kind of being another guy. And I didn't want to – I didn't want to go be that and I wanted to go be the feature guy in whatever receiver room and um, just go make a name for myself. Hey, the guy, you say, you talk about that. So the guys have all, I mean, we try and get a lot of background information. Obviously, I'm really interested. We're all interested in the football team. I go around practice, ask the guys. They've all said that the best thing about you so far is that you've come in and even though you're our feature guy on offense, you also set the tone in terms of work ethic, training, 
uh, good attitude, all those kind of things, which I think is a testament to you. How, how have you found to, like settling in and, and then trying to be that leader straight mm-hmm. away too, which is tough because you go into a room and you barely know the guys or some yeah. of them, and you've got to be that leader straight away. How, how have you dealt with that? Um, I mean, when I got in, I didn't want to just kind of like just jump in and just try to be the rah-rah guy and like everybody know I'm the guy. Da, 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 da. I just wanted to kind of just come in and show like, okay, I'm going to work for everything that I get and not just they're not just going to hand everything to me and you're going to see that. I really got every spot that I have for a reason, um, and I didn't. It wasn't like it, like again, it wasn't just handed to me. Um, and then I just knew with myself, I'm not gonna go out there to workouts and practice and things like that and just give half effort. So, um, so <laughs> question that we love to get answered, and I would have loved to be on the team this year just to see how it all works out. Um, how how do you find the specialists so far? Because I know not many of them are very funny anymore and they're not the best social people. How have the specialists been going? And least favourite, or if you don't want to say least favourite, favourite specialist so far. Oh, I'll say there's not any Willie of no I, one. Willie no one. That'll be a good no, one. No, I know. Ruffalo, okay. Chance. Very good. Uh, uh, good fellow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. That's good. That was the three that mattered. Anyway. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I, them's a boom right there. <laughs> Yeah, then, not the Australian. Uh, no, the I say Barry Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say yeah, boom, right down there for. How, how they been so far? No, nah, they've been cool. Yeah. I say Wilson, funny. I say I just love the act. I love y'all accents. Yeah. I wish I had an accent like that. <laughs> we all. Wilson we all. shaved his head the other day. It wasn't the best look for him. For a man that doesn't have much going for him already, he just went from about a minus five out of ten to about a minus thirty. <laughs> well, I think he was just trying to drop the Max Duffy comparisons. A lot of people. I think our good yeah. friend Larry Vaught said y'all two look alike, or. Or was, uh, that, or was it our good friend Dick? I see it. Yeah, I, I see it. I don't see it. I see it. Have you met Dick yet, Wanda? I don't see it. Dick Gabriel. Dick Gabriel's one of the – he's Dick's really Shoot, good. I've probably met him there if he's been over at the facility. He's around He's on the sideline. Yeah. Dick always gets we'll around. If you had a week with nothing, no football, and money doesn't matter, where do you go? Hmm. Probably Dubai. I want to go to Dubai. Dubai. Yeah, okay. I go get a gold Dubai. chain or something. I don't know. I, I just want to go. Gold store. I just want to go. I just want to go. Or Bora Bora. Where is the place? I think it's there where they've built beaches. Have you seen this in Dubai? Like they've somehow yeah, yeah, they built yeah, beaches. Yeah, yeah. In, in like cool. shopping in malls. The city. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, uh, I ain't seen that. You got the Paul Miller Ford uh, partnership now. Uh, firstly, are you disappointed you have to drive around to Ford from now on? I still still got my Dodge out there. <laughs> no Ford? No, I still got my Dodge out there. Oh right no. Now. Okay, well we if, you wanna, we if you want if you want to if you want to bag out Paul Miller Ford and say, hey, where's my Ford at? And you can nah. do that now. Well, hold on, then, I just nah, want to nah, say, nah, Paul nah, Miller nah. Ford, if Wandell is not driving your cars, the Pennant Deep Podcast will gladly <laughs> take on us. <laughs> <Yeah>. we'll, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll just we'll like carpool together. Yep. We'll happily take one. Yes, we will. Um, yeah. But we do need to talk about. A bit of a scandal that occurred over the summer um, with you. It hasn't been talked about a lot. It's actually right before the football season. Oh, oh. hey, if you want to swap seats with me right now, I recommend you do because this, this could this could get to blows, and you might you what might happened? have to just just kind of like be ready a little bit here because he's about to start throwing. Something. South Carolina's got nothing on what Brent's about to yeah. throw at you. So uh, your Instagram. Uh-huh. I believe uh, PS5's hot commodity right oh now. Oh my god! <laughs> when I got hacked, man. Hacked, huh? Oh my hacked. gosh! Yeah, hacked. We've yeah, all y'all been y- hacked y- at some point. Y'all really think y'all can go ask Slack? Keep, keep going, Slacks. keep going, keep going. Did you pay for one? I might be out four hundred fifty dollars right now. Oh! <laughs> continue, continue the story. To <laughs> explain it to the people listening. So it. I've already explained this, but you know, I asked, a, uh, I asked a good friend of mine because you know I followed you in high school and. And I was like, yeah, Wandell seems like a pretty good dude, a trusted figure in the community. And I asked for uh, reassurance. I was like, Wandell seems like a good dude, right? And they were like, yeah, like he's a good dude. So I'm like, okay, well, I can trust Wandell. And he I, puts, he and puts y- the photo out. Yeah, I, the, it's $450. It's um, off your Instagram story. I really trusted you, and now I'm out $450. So 
well, let me say that if I'm selling a PS5, I'm selling it way more. <laughs> so you're not a man of the people. Oh, I'm gonna get my money's worth. They going, they going for like eight hundred. I got so, it. Yeah. So for the people that are listening that may not have listened to the previous shows, one day I got hacked on Instagram. He puts out a photo that says, "Hey, I'm selling a bunch of PS5s for 450 a pop." Brent they, t- they typically the resale on them is like a thousand. Resale yeah. is a thousand. Brent Wayne Scott thought he was getting a deal. Yep. I really trusted Wandel. Jumped on, trusted Wandel, trustworthy Kentucky figure. Sent the money through, and mm. me and Miles have gone. There's surely that's not yeah, true. And he right. said, Yeah, yeah, yep. it might be true. I will yeah. say though, I did finally secure the PS5, so all is kind of forgiven. But well, until four hundred fifty dollars hits my bank account, yeah, you know, that's. Did well. you, how much did you end up paying for it? The Oh, it was just retail from Best Buy. Got lucky on that one. I'd love to know how many people, because it happened to a few. I saw Scalzo got it too. Yeah. Um, it happened to a fair few people, right? Yeah, I say, and the funny thing, like, I, that's whenever I get back on my Instagram, I just look at my DMs and I'm like, I was oh about my to say, God. What did your I'm, DMs? Like, it was just nothing but people messaging about the PS5. <laughs> not, but, not what you're wanting to see in the DMs. No, and I'm like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. and like all these people, and they're messaging me, they're messaging me when I get back in it, and they're like, dude, was that you? And I'm like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> so did you see the did you see the four hundred fifty dollar confirmation from the the Brent Wayne Scott name in in Instagram? Well, it's not his. It's not I his say it goes to whatever cash app you send it to. Yeah. No, no, no. Like on Instagram when you're going through your DMs because you had to, I had to converse with who was ever hacking his account. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so see, you that's could the go thing. in and pull like, up the DMs. The DMs were like half of them were deleted, and then like you know how like there was used to be like a primary and a general like yep. on your DM, yeah, like yeah. that's not even on mine. I don't know what they did with my Instagram because mm. it's not the same. <laughs> So hold on. So ball security has been a problem this year, and uh, yeah. so, password security, yeah, 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 and PlayStation Five security. Oh man, and getting hacked. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, that hurts. You want to plug some uh, merchandise that you got going on, or what you got happening? Um, really, I mean, you can just go shop at wando1.com. Pretty simple. Uh, what you got for us? I mean, you got sweatshirts, shirts, hats, whatever you need. You got the female crop tops like Josh has? No, nah, no, nah, I ain't got none of them. That nah. that was an interesting day, thing they said last week, and we kind of got rushed through it. But I was like. I don't know how many like female supporters Josh thinks he has that he's just going to sell crop tops like crazy. But that was an interesting thing. To I mean, it's also too like if you're going to sell crop tops, you can also literally just take scissors to the shirt and, and make cut it a it. crop top. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to, if you want a crop top, you can just go cut one of my shirts. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, it was talked about a little bit last night on the broadcast, and uh, we see it through Twitter a lot. Um, you obviously have a very tight relationship with your dad. Can you kind of give a listener's insight on that and and how you know he has helped get you to this point in your career? Um, me and my dad, I mean, it's a story that most people wouldn't believe. Um, He's on the phone with him before he even came in here. Yeah, I yeah. say. Um, By the way, I just want to say your dad, for the listeners who don't know, is unbelievably jacked. Yeah. Would not want to face him at any <laughs> – that's the thing. Like, I didn't want to have to get in a scuffle with Wandale about the PS5 because I know yeah, I know yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, Mr. Robinson – You could take Wondell, he couldn't <laughs> take him. No, would, would not try it. So that's yeah. about another 20, 30 pounds for <laughs> me right there. 20, 30? Um, yeah, so he's like 205. Yeah. All muscle. Yeah, it's, it's, it has muscle. to be all muscle. I yeah. mean, it's nuts. He can yeah. still play SEC, probably. <laughs> 100%. But, I mean, um, for, I mean, whenever, just to give I me mean, a brief one, until I was about the age of 14, my dad was really, like, physically with me in my life and for only about, like, a year and a half. Um, I mean, he was incarcerated. And um, really, even during that time, it was really – it was kind of weird with how close we were. We would talk on the phone every day. Um, I mean, at that, whenever I was younger, it was really just more about sports because that was really all I did. I was playing three sports all year round. So, um, and then whenever he was able to get out and um, really just all the life lessons that I've had and everything that I've kind of been through and um, I kind of have a blueprint of what not to do. Um, 
that's really kind of how I look at it. And um, he's just really always just been there for me and whatever I've needed and anything advice-wise, no matter what it has to do with college, girls, anything, he's always been there for me. And he's um, he's just really been everything I could ask for, even though he hadn't been there for me, but it felt like he was still always there with me. So. And he's got a gym now, doesn't he? Yeah, say we have a, yeah he owns a gym down in Frankfurt. Uh, Started on foundation, Wanda Joyce Robinson Foundation, which is for kids that um, have parents that are incarcerated that were like me. Um, so, so that's that's such a tough thing, obviously, to go through as a kid. Uh, how how did that make you grow up real fast? And and then I guess um, how you know were you the man of the house? And kind of how's that had to? Yeah, and well, so with my mom too. My mom has MS. Uh, she was diagnosed with MS in like 2006, 2007. So I was only like five or six years old. Um, and then as I kind of got a little bit older, it got a little bit worse. And so, really, it was just me. It was just me as the man of the house, and I just had to grow up really early, especially sometimes I would have to take care of her. Um, I might have to walk to the grocery store and go get something for her or something like that. Um, and just always just trying to take care of her. Um, and so, and I, it, luckily for me, it actually was kind of a blessing that I grew up so early and I was able to realize, like, these are the things that you aren't supposed to do and these are what you're supposed to do. And um, knowing what I had to do to get to where I wanted to go, um, because really, once my dad left and I hit about eight, I knew I would, like what I wanted to do was play football. So, yeah. um, and I've known that on that, that sense. That's awesome. So, I mean, there's so many distractions obviously going on when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, was, you know, was that something that you kind of just came naturally to you that you were focused on football and, and were driven, or is that something your dad's telling you when he's inside and you guys are having those conversations? What, where'd that come from? Uh, that really came from me. From the moment I started playing, it was really. That was all I wanted to do. I mean, I played other sports just because that's what all kids do, and you can't play football all year round. Um, and so from there, and then when I, even whenever he was gone, that was all I was worried about was football, um, just waiting for the next football season. And um, once he got home, that was actually kind of something that was really nice It's for him to finally see me play, especially once I was a teenager, and the last time he saw me play was when I was five. So so what's the, so we ask this to every, every guest. What's the motivation behind why you play and why do you love football? My mom, uh, well, I mean, I, at first it was obviously just because I loved football and that was what I loved to do and that was what I enjoyed doing the most. But as I got older and started to realize, like, the struggles that my mom went through and things like that, I, that's really why I play. And, I mean, obviously I still love the game of football, um, but just using that to help her get in a better position and just not have to worry about anything. All right, I've got two for you here, Wondow, and uh, they're followed by two questions. <laughs> Number one, um, so... Luke Fortner. So what we do before we get a guest on, normally we know a little bit about him. Sometimes if we don't, we'll reach out to the guys, ask them a little bit of information. Hey, you got anything for us? So we reach out to Luke. Hey, Luke, what's Wondale being like? How's he going? Give us something. He goes, well, I mean, he doesn't, he really toes the line, does everything he's expected to do. He's like, the only thing I really think about him is, you know, those edits that have been, and for those that are listening, please look these up. There's edits on Instagram where they reduce the size of the guy and then mm-hmm. put kind of big head on them and like it looks funny. <laughs> he said they haven't had to edit Wondell's photos because he already <laughs> looks like that. So following that, who's your least favorite O-lineman? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for, you might get that one. <laughs> um, I'll say I love all the O-linemen though. Um, I said that would be a hard one anyway. You can stick with Luke. Yep, yep, Luke, we're going to stick with you for now. (laughs) But no, I love all of them, though. All right, Uh, question number two. It follows the same thing. So I ring up a couple people. There was a guy that played a lot of high school football against you at the same time, guy with a massive dome, massive head, Bo. Bo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Immediately who that was. Firstly, how have you found that with him kind of blocking out the sun at practice and things like that? (laughs) And then on top of that, I said, Bo, give us something funny for us. And he's like, oh. 
I've got the funniest story. And he just couldn't stop laughing before he told it. <laughs> and he's like, so I'm playing high school football and um, we run this play and Wandale picks me off and then runs it down for a touchdown, 95 yards. And I was waiting for the punchline and he goes, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> so I don't, how have you dealt with a quarterback that is never, ever, ever been funny? He doesn't have a funny bone in his body and thinks that that kind of stuff, getting picked off for 95 yards is hilarious, could not stop laughing. I don't know. That's Bo. That's Bo for you right there. That's all Bo. Uh, but that was funny whenever that did happen because I saw it coming. Like, I was like, Bo, don't. He threw it. And I was like, yep, he threw it. And then I hit the I think the I was dude. actually covering that game. <laughs> yeah, I hit him and then bounced it up to myself. And You tapped it up to yourself like three or four times, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, how is how's your and Bo's friendship been throughout uh, – uh, high school, obviously, y'all got recruited by Kentucky at the same time. Mm-hmm. What were those conversations like, and how tight are y'all still to this day, even though, obviously, Will is your guy? Um, I mean, we're still pretty close. I mean, obviously, he knows that he's not out there, but even just throwing the ball or anything like that, I'm still comfortable with Bo. And um, whenever I was coming back, that was kind of really the one that I was talking to out of the quarterback room just because I knew that was really the only one that I knew. I didn't really know jo- Joey at that point, um, and Will wasn't here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bo, he's been cool ever since we've been in high school. I mean, we've been friends ever since we really met in, in high school. So, Do you pretend to laugh at his jokes or do you just say, Bo, that's not funny? Because when I talked to him on the phone today, he told me that. I said, that's the least funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> there are some things. He'll just say some stupid things, and that's what's funny. Like, it'll just be stupid, and so you just laugh. Do we have an example of some of the stupid things or – is it just like Max said? It's yeah, just it's, it's like Max, like what he said. It'll be like some stupid, and he's just like, Bo, like. Does he know it's stupid? That would be the I best think, part, I is think. if he's like a, just oblivious. He thinks it's serious. No, yeah, that, I mean, definitely. He thinks so. <laughs> uh, for, for a man with a big head, I think about 5% of it's actually taken up with his brain. <laughs> Wandell, thank you for coming in. Uh, great stuff each and every week. Um, looking forward to Florida. You've obviously been yeah. around Kentucky. Um uh, you know, Florida Week's a big week. Are you looking mm-hmm. forward to that? Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's, most people might get mad at me for this one. but So it's really funny. Whenever I first started, like, watching football, the first game I visually remember was Oklahoma versus Florida. And, like, from then, yep. like, Florida and, like, Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin were, like, always my, like, guys. And that's who I, would, like, dreamed of being. Um, and so whenever I was a kid, and it's actually probably still back at home right now, my bedspread was Florida. Oh, no. <laughs> no, yeah. no. But there's, I am not. There's no Florida in me no more. No there's orange. no pictures of that, is there? No. Because don't don't let, like, Florida or ESPN get a hold of that because uh-uh. they'll make sure. Uh-uh. Oh, man. No, even whenever, like, schools would come to my home business, I was like, you can't go on my room. I was about to say, if students came to an in-home, was he a little confused? So that's no, an interesting so recruiting tactic they're doing in Florida, sending them bedspreads with <laughs> our stuff on it. Uh-uh. Scare said, did Dan Mullen ever stop by or – no, I say the only time I talked to Florida, so I was actually going, I was on my way to Alabama, and they had hit me up, and they were like, hey, can you come down this weekend? And I was like, I'm going to Alabama. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, and I'm like, at that point, too, I was like, I'm not coming unless you offer me at that point, too. Um, and so they hadn't offered me yet, so I was like, I'm not coming if you, I'm not about to waste the trip, and hey. then you don't offer me so. <laughs> feel, feel free to pay him back with 200 yards, exactly. three touchdowns, <laughs> chuck yourself on exactly. defense, make a couple tackles, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great having you in here, Wando. We truly appreciate it. Uh, big week, obviously. We're going to wish you good luck yep. and uh, keep it rolling, 4-0. Oh. Yeah, I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You know, we say it every, every week, guys, but these dudes in here are just absolutely awesome. And it's pretty cool to have a, a guy who's as versatile and as athletic and has real potential to be a superstar in college football. Uh, Wandell Robinson, of course. Great interview. Hey, Brent, I've got one little bit of feedback for you about the show um, that has come from some of our listeners, and oh I just God. thought of this. The break, like, you know when like we finish something, it goes, break. Yeah. 
that one one of sometimes is so loud that one of our oh. friends of the show was driving and he had to slam he slammed <laughs> on the brakes because he was so scared about the brakes. Sorry, that was just a little ode to to Outcast. So there. to Aaron Clark from Clark Family Farms, get your best beef from Clark Family Farms. We're sorry, <laughs> we're sorry about that. Uh, I'll make sure to to quiet it down this time. But it's supposed to start, it's supposed to wake you back up. I know, to get back I know. Into, like into your quarterback us. voice. I know. Like breaking yeah, the huddle. It's a little bit. It's of a little bit. Okay. It's just more of like an ode to uh, that Outcast album from 2004. Snake <laughs> on you. So uh, you're, uh, you're showing your age a little bit there. What do you mean showing my I'm age? Aren't we all the same age? Well, except for Max. Yeah, I was going to say, don't Max go there. Is, oh, That's a man. touchy subject. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, one day was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think he's really going to have a big game against He's going to have yeah. a huge game against Florida. Just great to hear from him. Um, like I said during the interview, and, and I'll repeat myself, to get feet, like when you walk around and ask guys, obviously in the confidence of, their own I guess when they're by themselves yeah um and you talk to them they'll give you some honesty about anyone and you hit you pick up on little things sometimes they'll be like oh he's a little bit this way he's a little bit that way every single person has said Mondale's come in set a great example for everyone trained hard worked hard and that's really we needed that we need our best players to be the guy setting the example on and off the field and Mondale's been able to do that and it's great praise from the players and I think, obviously, as you could hear in the interview, um, the way he talks about, you know, having to become a man so fast. And we're all about men doing what they have to do yep. on this. Um, it's awesome testament to him. Yeah, I thought for some, I don't know if you all met him. I'd never met him. Um, so a little bit different interview because most of the guys we have, and obviously I was on the team with him at some point. Him I'd never met till today, but it seemed like just such a casual, like honest conversation with him, which was really cool. Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, like Hill said, he was awesome in high school. He, he's always been great here. Um, I, I thought it was interesting the way he talked about how Nebraska basically negatively recruited him. Yeah. And that's just the fact of the matter. And then obviously he ends up here. and He's going to be a star, and I think the, the path worked out for him to where he made himself a star at Nebraska, came back home. Um, and there's some people who might be splitting hairs about that, but I think the, the route he chose was probably the right one for yeah. sure. Yeah, and we, uh, we, have, we have the weekly – uh, confused look on the faces by all. The oh, you p- all look so down. When, when they start getting into plays and and schemes and looks that you get, we just lose it. So we hope that uh, the people listening understand it a bit better than us. We, you don't have the added advantage of being able to see him do his hand motions and yep. showing us where each person is. But we hope you're keeping up better than us. I also liked how, like how he's so locked into football right now. He didn't even understand the. Uh our little uh, none, none absolutely no idea right, like he kept going, going deep right rubbing everything well, and yep. he just taking the top, top off yeah no idea busting the seams yeah. which is great because that's what we need because as we know when you come across a team for example Missouri Golden mm-hmm. Girls we need 100% yep. focus on the field and he seems like a guy that's going to be able to deliver that absolutely and he's, he's just doing what he has to do yep. if we're honest he's doing what he hold on another Royal Rumble downstairs just <laughs> broke out but he's doing what he has to do he's locked in on football not worried about taking the top off or anything like that so that gets us to our favorite segment of the week. Boys do what they want to do. Men do what they have to do. And why is that, Max? Because you can't just pull the covers <laughs> up in the morning when it's cold and wet and damp. Can't you do can't it. just pull them up. Nope. Before, some men that are doing what we have to do, hopefully, to begin this segment before we do our nominations, is every man, woman, child, pet at, at Florida Tailgates this week, please get around us. At Pin It Deep KSR, please let us know where you will be. We have a multitude of things going on this week. Yep. I will be trying Buffalo Chicken Dip, which I dislike heavily. I'll be giving scores of 3 out of 10 and under. If you get a 3 out of 10, congratulations. It's somewhat edible. 
The others may be spat onto the road or park, wherever we are. We've got Miles, who lost the competition. He's yeah. dressed up in a banana suit, which will be hilarious. And we're going to go around to the tailgates. We're trying to organize. And if we don't get this organized, just at KSR or whoever you need to at, get very angry at them. We're trying yeah. to organize video. At, at Nick Roush KSR. At Nick Roush KSR. Yeah. We're trying to get video organized for this week so we can get you guys on. We're trying to get all the fans on. We're like going to ask you guys some questions get you guys involved and we will re- we'll release that video at some stage yep. so if you want to see yourself and we walk around with a video please come up say whatever you feel whatever comes to your head at that moment please do that we did have yep. a, an early nomination for that yep. we were at the summit me and Miles we had a fan just walk up out of nowhere heavily intoxicated I think probably had been on to about his 35th wine at that stage he felt necessary to yell in our ears for about 5 minutes so we said you know what we'll just video this yep. for a bit we chuck that on. If you want to check that out, please go to Pin It Deep KSR. And I, I do want to say, though, like the tailgate for Florida is also our victory lap for us winning Man of the Week last week. Correct. Keeping it tied in with, with everything. But, Correct. Uh, I'm, look, I'm just looking forward to Miles wearing the banana uniform. Yeah, I'm excited too. for it. I was surprised that we won following Stoops' huge win over God. Oh, yeah, that was huge. Yeah. But uh, Stoops is um, – Speaking of the man. I, just, I mean, look, let's, we got to be a transparent podcast. we got to look after <laughs> We're biased. Listeners. We're pretty heavily biased. So the winner this week is going to be Mark Stoops. Yep. Yep. Every option you will vote for this week yep. will be Mark Stoops. But what is the most manly thing he's done this week? And Brent, what, what's, it, what's the saying again? Uh, boys do what they want to do. Men, mostly Mark Stoops, do what they have to do. Yep. Can't pull the covers up Can in the morning, that's for sure. B, D, W, don't know the rest of it, but we tried to break it down for you last week. So here we go. Everyone listening, please make sure you jump on our Twitter and get on this poll because we're interested to see of which Mark Stoops' manly thing, which he just mm-hmm. does a multitude of, um, he, which one was the most manly this week. I'll take number one. Big moment in the game, fourth down. think we were maybe fourth and one. Yep. We decide to kick. Yep. As we've mentioned on previous shows, when Mark Stoops decides to kick a field goal, he does a little motion himself almost to say, hey, Matt, if you forgot how to do it, this is how you do it. He swings the leg through. He's got great flexibility. It comes through. It's one of the, if you actually to film that and send that out to all the high school kickers, I think mm-hmm. they could look at that. Obviously, he doesn't go through his steps. He just swings through, and it's, an, it's awesome. It's it would be, that kick would be good from about 75. Yep. Um, and, you know, he, he tries to do this thing at practice where he's always like, just use your one wood, use your one wood. When he's trying to talk about kicking, it makes no sense. But anyway, he thinks he can kick. So, Mark Stoops got it out. And it was almost like he was at some sort of cycle place or like running some aerobics kind of, um, you know, class. Because when he kicked, the two coaches behind him then followed through and kicked as well. In sync. In sync, kicked as well. So obviously he's been, you know, in their mornings when they get there early just to do a bit of fitness work. He's been running the aerobics class or maybe just doing a bit of stretching together or, you know, he's up the front zone, yep. cycle fast, cycle slow, let's go. They've all been following his motion because he kicked and the other coaches just kicked with him. I do want to say this. We've talked about this on uh, – not on the podcast before because we were like, we've got to keep this a secret. But the broadcast finally picked it up last night. We all know about the cramping in college football yep. to sort of slow the play down a little bit. Well, I believe there was a play last night when Kentucky wanted a, a review done. Yep. So Mark Stoops, and you guys have told me this, typically just does a short little finger gun yep. to keep it. Sometimes he gets the shotgun out. To keep it yep. discreet. He didn't do the shotgun this time either. The broadcast picked it up. So I'm not just like yep. ruining, this, yep. not this giving the game not away. inside secrets now, yep. They caught him. 
This is when Carrington Valentine went down the crap. Full-on sniper, like, yeah, like over the back and was like <laughs> scanning yeah. the – I wish you all could see, like scanning the yeah. field, and yeah. he finds Locked Carrington, Boom. got him, and then oh, down he went. Down he went. I want to know a couple things about that. One, how he chooses his weapon, because there's so many different styles you could go with. That's obviously his favorite. The crossbow or maybe the shotgun out of the back of the, yep. the bag. Secondly, when they – like, they must do some sort of security check, right? When they pat him down, how do they yeah. let him bring all these weapons in? It's lucky that he doesn't probably have to go through some of those things. Yeah. yeah. I, I think now – I think uh, what's our next away game? Maybe Georgia. He will definitely be patted down. And yep. I, I'm wondering what he's going to do when he can't bring these weapons they in. I don't shoot. know. I don't know. Well, hopefully it's colder and we're not cramping as much then. It's usually tougher when it's Someone's going to go down. <laughs> Someone's going to go Someone's down. Someone's going to be lurking yeah. with the sniper. You, it may or may not got, be more. You got one for us, Miles? Um, I do, actually. Quick thing, though, on the kicking. This is actually my favorite part of that. He'd always just tell us that this makes perfect sense. Just go out there, relax, and kick it. You know, just relax. He was the farthest thing from <laughs> yeah, relaxed. Yeah, he meanwhile, he's blowing up. Yeah, yeah, his face is red as could be, and he's just yelling. Um, his tie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great tie. For those that didn't see, we'll try to maybe post a picture of it, um, or you can just go to uh, UK Football's account, I think. Yep. He looked really good in the suit. Really good. And he had Always a, does. Amazing. I wouldn't call it a rainbow tie, but it just had a bunch of different colors Ooh. on yep. it. Yeah. Um, and just in general, how he dresses. You could use that tie as uh, – you know how they – like find that people are colorblind and they put like those images within the picture yep. in certain colors. I think that's what the tie was. I think if some people looked at that, they would have just seen one color. We obviously lucky enough that we're not colorblind. We saw all of them, but that's so what the tie looked like. Yeah. He yep. just always dresses so well. At the SEC media day, he was in the pinstripe suit, yep. the mafia suit. Um, I would trust him for fashion advice. Yeah. Yep. Not kicking advice, but fashion. I would trust him with nutrition advice. Ooh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's because he's been keeping things zero calorie lately. Yeah. Um, uh, so oh, he is, he is looking in real good shape, too. <laughs> I just winked. Oh, my God. <laughs> for it. I'm glad you have a rapport with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, we've seen a lot of ads lately and some signs at SEC Nation. Um, the first thing's first. The sign at SEC Nation said Stoops drinks skim milk. <laughs> I believe it's supposed to be a roast, but, I mean – Good, good on you, Mark hey, Stoops. I hey. mean, if you're going to drink skim milk, I mean, you're good, healthy for the bones. You're going to lose a little bit of fat, I would hope. Um, Great knowledge by South Carolina yeah. fans, by the way, to Great. know that he's one and dearest love is coffee. Um, and, you know, they've chucked that in there. And it's it's all fun and games. And, you know, everyone has a great time with it. And it's, ha-ha, that's, that's funny. Don't get it. Don't talk to him about his coffee. Yeah. And never like that. It, me and him have a great relationship. Miles and him have a great relationship. Big Dog, yeah. Vince Marrow, everyone would have a great that has a great relationship. Knows there's one thing that's out of bounds. That's Never coffee. make jokes about the coffee. Never make sure the coffee's on time. Make sure it's hot. Yep. If you get in the way of Mark Stoops and his coffee, it's like getting in the way of normally a man and his child. He will save the coffee before any of his children, and it's not. It's not acceptable to make jokes about the coffee. Well, don't, well, you almost ran him over for your coffee, so I don't know who's, who you are. And he was willing to it. dive in front of my car <laughs> to save it. I want to talk about this, too, because we almost forgot about it. This week in the pressers, we can't forget that he dropped the true or not true, mm-hmm. gave a little wink, and then started swirling the coffee yeah. as well. And that's the ultimate combination right there. There that's, we go. That's him. That's how we know he listens, and that's probably why he's not going to come on after you just gave a wink. <laughs> you think South Carolina fans listen? Must do. They, they must they be listening. Yeah. The coffee yeah. they listen must us. be listening. Well, that, I guess that's a challenge for Florida fans now. Like, if we if we see some Mark Stoops slander that came from this podcast, like we we know we know, we know. 
Mr. Worldwide. Um, and then the other thing, too, keeping things zero calorie, Mark Stoops has a new advertisement out. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with Wandale. His acting skills are off the charts. Unbelievable. We if see he was ever to get cut by the UK football yeah. team, like, cut? I think – Fired. I think fired would be the one. Or fired, yeah. Or he just decides to leave because he's got all these acting, yeah. these acting um, opportunities. I could see him, you know, Scorsese or someone reaching uh -huh. out to him and being like, "Hey, Mark, I'd love for you to come and be the key actor here." I wonder here. if USC will take a look, like if they offered him because he could get kind of closer oh, to the Hollywood out yeah. in LA. Oh, we got to worry about this now. Yeah, we should be really worried. I think. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just I just want like obviously Benny and Cash have their commercials around town Worst and, commercial of all time. and actually i just saw jagger burton on doing some car dealership that was strange um and then but stoops just crushed it with this one it looked like he was on a zoom call um it was almost like he was shutting out the gate but this time he was shouting out coke zero <laughs> coke zero it was a similar setup to what's up the gate what's up? and i'll drop i'll drop the audio in at this commercial as well he's, hit some coke zero pup too he's just like it's almost like I'm so envious because he's just so natural and relaxed yep. and it's like he's been doing it his whole life. I'm not sure if him and Bob and however other many brothers and sisters and family members just grew up in yep. front of a camera because it's just it just comes so natural. He sits back. It's like you wouldn't even know yeah. like he's acting. He you definitely, wouldn't even know. That the Coke Zero commercial 100% didn't look like a ransom video. No, not at all. Absolutely no. not. And, then, you know, you could tell by looking at him too. He's obviously been drinking his Coke Zero, looking slim yep. and in shape, and he's looking awesome. So uh, that's the thing as well. He sells it not only with his words, but with his body and his uh -huh. mannerisms his and stuff actions. like that. Yeah, well, he's doing what he has to do because he's, you know, he's telling the Big Blue Nation to, to – to, he's doing what he has to do by, by drinking lower-calorie things. And following on from that – uh, another one that he did during the week of telling people what they have to do. Yep. Just some unbelievable advice from him for a fellow coach. And this just, I really enjoy when he just sits back and he gets his little smirk on his face. <laughs> I've been here before. I've done this all before. And I've just put the youngins under my wing and, you know, come here, Coach Cohen. Here's a nice spot for you right under the <laughs> arm. It's warm. It's cozy. It's you know, it's it's comfortable. Come it, right here. Is it nice and cozy in oh, Mark Stoops' armpit? It is. I've I've had a little arm around me every oh, now and then, no. and it's almost you feel like a baby on a bosom almost. You almost fall asleep straight away, and you know, it's one of those places where you'd love to just put your head out at night because you just feel, fall fall asleep in about two seconds. Yep. But uh, he had some advice for Coach Cohen. Coach Cohen said during the week about the mistakes that he'd made during the uh, not the ULM. I was almost going to say ULM game during the Chattanooga game. Um, about some decisions that he made and Coach Stoops just gave the little chuckle. He might have even swelled the coffee at the same time and said, yeah, I'm going to have to coach him up a little bit on that one. I'm <laughs> going to I'm gonna have to sort him out and, you know, you media people are going to jump on him straight away. So yep. just going to have to jump on him about that one, give him a little bit of acting advice, which... And that's when he jumped into true or not true. Hey, we, we always know that he's, he's always happy to hand out acting advice. We, we talked about it before, but he gave plenty of acting advice to my good quarterback friend, Terry Wilson. Yep. Uh, decided to uh, tell him how to act, which was conveniently cut off by the directors who said, please do not do what he just told yep. you to do. So <laughs> I'm not sure if maybe Susan Lax, who runs our media department, and, 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 and Tony have said, hey, whatever he tells you, maybe do the opposite. Let's just pretend we go along with what he thought. What did you think, Miles? I'd hope that they asked Coach Cohen this week if he gave him any tips, and if so, what were the tips? Mm -hmm just to hear what the conversations were behind closed doors. But the best part of that is exactly what you're saying is 
the smirk. Yeah. Because you know, you he just know when he gets the smirk, something yeah. good's about to follow. A little chuckle's coming, and yeah. he's going to have some joke for the media that day. I love when he gets a little uh, laugh going. Well, keeping things with head coaches and media, you apparently you have a man of the week, not a nominee, but an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Yeah, because so, you ain't baiting Coach Stoops. No. No. So when I'm not listening to my dance music at night, <laughs> I like to listen to coaches' press conferences just to hear what I, they have to I, say. I do want to say this. This is a weird thing about Miles because it was like – we're all coming at Miles today, which I love. Well, it. I, hold on. I, like this I don't thing. mean it like that, but it just caught me off guard because we had come back one night from the bars, and it was like 2.33 in the morning. We're all trying to, like, put ourselves back together and get us some food. Well hydrated. Yeah, and I'm looking over at Miles, and all of a sudden he is literally face deep in a Missouri press conference, like yep. taking okay. in everything the nerd's saying. Coach Brent, this is, this is the difference between – you and me and Miles at the moment, and this is what needs to be taken in. We dedicate ourselves to these podcasts so much so that we will come back. At the bars sometimes I start watching the press conference, <laughs> and I say, hey, five females around me, just give me a break yeah. for a second. I'm sure that's, that's what it true. is. Stay yeah. away. Give me some space because I'm listening to Mark Stoops' show from Monday trying to catch up on what we're about to talk about. We do put our homework in. Yeah, I can blame the last two months of me going home empty on that. Yep. That yeah. I have other problems. That is true. I, I have seen that happen a time or two. There is nothing better than a nerd Drinkwitz uh, press conference, too, because he gets pretty fired up. I just like hearing what they have to say. But who you got for us, Miles? Coach Kiffin at Ole Miss. Oh. Um, they played Tulane last week, mm-hmm. and then this week was their bye. Um, BYE. So BYE. The BYE week. So they were asking him about his plans for the bye and all that um, and said, you know, I guess we'll – you know, try to get some of the guys back healthy and I guess probably start prep for whoever we play next. Who is it? And the reporter was like, uh, Alabama. <laughs> As if he hasn't had that game circled for months. Um, the fact that he acted like he didn't know that they played Bama the week after the bye was unbelievable and somehow kept a straight face when he said it too. The thing that I love about it, and this would be awesome as well, and I, I hope any former punter and kicker for, you know, Ole Miss, FAU, USC, wherever he's been, um, as much as we love our coach and we love Mark Stoops, I think there'd be some really good Lane Kiffin stories if you yep. used to play for him, especially if you're on his good side and maybe got invited to a, to a few outings with him. Um, it would be awesome to like hear that. And even, even just the general, like, because they talk about that text group that they have where all the Saban's assistants are in a text group. I'd love to hear some inside stories about what they get up to. Don't, don't you all have a, a text group that you all like to include Stoops in? Yeah, look. We may or may not have some inside information on a text group that involves Mark Stoops, but you're going to have to wait till our interview yeah. with him. I was going to say, I yeah, wish the wait, listeners could see the smirk on your face let's, right now. Let's, oh, not ru- let's not ruin it yet. Let's, so if you're a listener and you're hanging out for some good, juicy gossip, make sure you hang around for our Mark Stoops interview that's like coming this. up in the next few weeks because oh. it's going to be pretty funny. And I want to see, when we sit the big fella down, how he answers the question that we're going to ask him. That's the only thing about saying this in it now is, as an avid listener like he is, he's going to be prepared for it because oh, yeah, yeah. he knows what we're going to ask him. But yeah, that's yeah. okay. Which he keeps blowing up our phone, by the way, continuously. I've had to, you know, he keeps getting all these, like, what do you call them? Like those fake mobile, not fake mobiles. He's just burner phones. Throw, the throw it away burner phones. Burner phones yep. Hitting me up. Hello. It's like 3 a.m. Hello. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. It's Mark again. <laughs> Mark. Hey, for the fifth time tonight, uh, yes, we'll get you on. Just give us a couple weeks, win a big game, we'll get you on. 
Come on, come on, get me on. Uh, coach, come on. This is the fifth call today. Stop yeah. buying new phones. So, yeah. Coach, we'll get you on. We'll get you on. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we're excited to have Mark Soups on, and that's going to happen in some of the later episodes. He's, um, a, he's a guy that listens, though. There is obviously our, yeah, one our weekly show, the guy that doesn't listen. Miles, who does not listen Hold to on. the show? Hold before, on. Before he does this, I want to talk about our listeners real quick, trying to sabotage this whole thing. They kept tagging us and saying, oh, Lance doesn't listen. You should listen. Lance, yeah, you should stop, listen. Stop tensing. Come Ta- on. Yeah, stop tagging Lance Butler, please. We don't want to have to actually do this, and it's hilarious that he doesn't listen. Yeah. Miles? We're actually going to go full family, two people this week. One of them listens. Um, yeah. The listeners don't know this. My little sister goes to Alabama, yeah. and I'm going to spoil this for a lot of people, but she is probably the greatest better yep. in the history of college football. Yep. Game I text her every single week and go, Raven, what's uh, what's on the slate for you this week? Her pick this week, uh, Bama to win. Oh, wow. She had Bama to win, and she had Kentucky to win. Another 2-0 and week Stay for hot. Raven, um, which a lot of people would laugh and go, yeah, sure, Bama to win, that's easy. Stay hot. Uh, she's the one last year as well when Notre Dame and Clemson played. At Notre Dame, I forget the score. Brett, you probably know. You know all the numbers. It was like 40-something to 30-something double yeah. overtime. Yep. Um, that week, we just jokingly asked her, Raven, what do you think about Notre Dame-Clemson? Eh, Notre Dame, double overtime. Um, Casually. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, she hits us with some easy winners like Bama, and then sometimes she pulls Notre Dame double overtime. So jump on that. Out of nowhere. Um, she listens to the show, though, yep. so she'll appreciate the shout-out. Hello, Raven. My other yep, my other sibling, well, Reese also listens. Lance does not. So, okay, for everyone listening that didn't keep up with us last week, Miles' brother Lance Butler, who we live with, and we're going to get to that in a little bit too, we live with. He you does live with. Not list, doesn't listen. Well, Miles is, a, is pretty much a temporary resident. Um, doesn't listen to the show. It's not for him. It's not funny. It's immature. It's just not the type of thing that he would want to listen to. Just not interested at all. Well, we said, all right, we'll, we'll see how true he is about that. True or not true. And so we've, we've kind of thrown out a little, a little olive branch and said, hey, if, if he listens, we will create T-shirts with yep. his face on it and we'll wear them around the tailgate. We'll wear them every time we go somewhere. We'll wear them out to the bar. Yeah, we'll wear them out to the bar. So, um, again, Lance, if you're listening, please let us know. We are already one week down. Did not listen at all. Yep. Uh, didn't even bring it up. I just so, want to say, if he's not going to listen with Josh on, he's not. He's he, not no, yeah, exactly. He said to us, he actually mentioned that last week. He said, if ever I was going to listen to an episode, I kind of like Josh Pascoe, I'd listen to that. Otherwise, no one interests me. All right, Lance, no problem. So we'll just continue this running joke of Lance not listening. Please, to his family and all the friends, do not tag him or anything like that. We yep. promise if we ever get the feedback from Lance, we will... Definitely wear those T-shirts. We'll have a Lance Butler day. We've got one extra, though, and a little caveat to that. So me and Miles spent a lot of time. Obviously, I was living there. Miles spent a lot of time hanging out at the house. I'm moving out this Monday. Lance doesn't even know that I'm moving out from the house because I don't tell him this stuff. I've found another accommodation elsewhere where, you know, I feel like I'm more appreciated and accepted on podcast. Um, and I'm not telling him I'm moving out. I'm just going to close my door and see how many days it takes for him to work it out. So, for the people listening, w- next week we'll give you an update if Lance has even realized yep. I've moved out from the house yet because <laughs> I don't think he'll know. Um, well, the listeners don't know this, but 
Lance has been up to something. Uh, he's um, been. He, yeah. So he's been like tucked away in his room for for a little away. bit. Locking the door. Locking the door, and we th- we think he's cooking up some plan. He's so. got something coming. Yeah. So it might might be better for you to get out of the house. Yeah, that's what better. I'm thinking too. So because he's either doing one of two things, he's either ripping the skin off something in there. Or he's he's making up some sort of blueprint for some place he's going to take down and practicing his rub routes. Yeah, exactly, practicing the rub routes just like Wandale. So uh, we're going to have to try and avoid any kind of large capacity place that Lance will be near. But yes, there's there's Except our two Kroger Field. There's our two competitions for Lance. So Lance, I hope you're listening, but I know you're not. To Lance's family, hello. Uh, please just do not pass this information on to Lance. And, uh, yeah, that's about all we got for Lance this week. I think it could be quickly on Lance, though, because it's a good story. The whole shutting the door, you moving out, could take a while because you've actually had a question for him about how long it would take him to reach out to you before. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually asked – so I went to do the Denver Broncos – no, sorry, I went to do a workout at Minnesota. Uh, The Vikings asked me to come do a workout. And the workouts go for a day. You normally like fly in, stay overnight, you're back that night. Sometimes if it's a late workout, you'll be back the following day. So you might be gone for two days. I said, hey, Lance, I got a call from Minnesota. I got to go do a workout. Um, and he knows it. I've talked him through this plenty of times. And came back and he's like, oh, you're back. I'm like, yeah, Lance, I think it goes for a day or two. He's like, oh, didn't even know. I said, how long would have I not had to come <laughs> back for before you raise the alarm that maybe something gone wrong? He said, probably two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So that's the lack of care Lance Butler has for me. He said two weeks you could be gone. I wouldn't even notice. And if there's going to be one thing really quickly, and you, I mean, you guys can turn off if you're not interested in this stuff, but this is a hilarious part of Lance that I'm going to miss the most about the house. He thinks he's the greatest chef of all time. He is a good Genuinely cook. thinks he's the greatest cook of all time. Gumbo was good. Gumbo's good. Then he has two other meals. And he literally has three meals. That's all he ever cooks. And he acts like it's a big decision to try and decide. It's like, well, we had Mexican for lunch. So I'm not going to do Mexican. I'm going to do Asian food. That's He has three. Gumbo, wow. Mexican, Asian. I think that's... I'd give him two and a half. I'd give him two and a half. Because, as me and Miles would know, basically, his Mexican is exactly the same as his Asian. He just uses a different sauce. <laughs> and he thinks we don't notice. And every time I say, well, which sauce are we going for today, Lance? And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, we had Mexican for lunch. We're going to do Asian. So... If you only like three meals, feel free to move into Lance's yeah. place in my room. I do want to say, though, I, I, I was taken back that his girlfriend or whatever, like... Oh, whoa, whoa, don't jump the gun easy. yet. Hey, sorry, easy. sorry, I'd sorry. Friend there, that is a girl. Yep. Friend, uh, friend that is a female. She actually listens to us. She does. And she even was, like, talking about how much she liked the podcast, anything like yeah. that. And she can't even get Lance to listen. You know, she, yeah, and we told her to keep it quiet, which we yep. appreciate that, actually. We do appreciate that. Thanks. And it's just... I don't know. I'm kind of discouraged that even Ashley supports us, but we can't get the support from Lance. We got some – I'm sick of Lance. We got some uh, Florida predictions maybe, and then uh, maybe we might be done for the day, huh? Yeah, but we are done for the day. i got to book it to Florida. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to Florida to get some inside information on the game. He's going to to practices. Yeah, i got to get in there and do my little undercover work and uh, (laughs) – what was the kid from USC? But what was that story uh, the again? The homeless guy. Oh, uh, the homeless guy that stayed there for a week. Yeah, you could do that. Can you we tie it in? You yeah. can try that out. Yeah. So I'm gonna go down to uh, to Florida this week, and Max told me this story last week, and it's by far one of the funniest things we've ever heard. We'll tell the story. We'll do our Florida predictions. Another pod dropping later in the week. We're all gonna be over Zoom, so that'll drop later in the week. But before we get to that, uh, Max, you just gotta tell that USC story real quick. Yeah, I didn't know you actually didn't know this. It was kind of like a fairly well-spread story at the time. It was during, it was just after COVID, and it was 
um, during the spring practices at USA, and I've got a buddy that punts at USA, uh, obviously University of Southern California, not University of South Carolina. The real one. Um, and there was a person there that was homeless, and he'd gone into their facility and basically just hung out with the team, uh, was eating, and not by invite. He was eating food, he was, getting, he was dressing up in all the gear, he was going to meetings, he was lifting weights, he was going to practices. And it took him about a week to find out when my buddy started punting to him and he lined up in the punt return line and kept dropping punts. And the coach was like, hey, like, this is how you got to catch. Like, this is, this is the way you do it. And he's trying to teach him the technique and then he drops a couple more and he's like, how'd you get into this line? Like, what, what position do you play? He's like, oh, I'm wide receiver or something. He's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, I'm just going to go with the other guys. And then he's like, wait, who? Like, what's your name? And the guy said his name. He's like, wait, you, are you even on the team? They worked out he wasn't on the team. He'd literally <laughs> just been sharing the locker room with the players, going to practice, things like that. And they didn't work out till he started doing punt returns. So that was hilarious. So maybe, yeah, yep, you can go down, chuck a Florida T-shirt on and get inside some of the practices and give us the inside word. Yeah, we'll absolutely do that. Uh, but before I get to do that, let's go ahead and get our, let's get our predictions out of the way. Max. Big game at Kroger Field, 6 o'clock, ESPN, Florida, eight-point favorites. Um, Mark Stoops, 4-4-1 four, four, against the Florida Gators, against the spread. So uh, how does it shake out Saturday? Great stats, as always. Yep, um, yep we're going to try and come, come with you guys. Come with you. Come at you guys with a bit of a better uh, little spiel on our Florida thoughts on the game later this week. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. Um, but just very quickly on Florida, I think, They've looked really good, obviously. they played Alabama close. Um, we're never going to predict them to lose. Not that I expect us to lose anyway. I think it could be a tight game. I think we could see a Matt Ruffalo field goal for the win. Um, we had that opportunity a couple of years back. We unfortunately missed at home. I could see something very similar to that week where we unfortunately missed the field goal. This time we make it. I say we win 30-27. Okay. I'm going to go high scoring as well. I'm a little bit worried because we actually stopped the run really well against South Carolina. Yep. But D-line, like we've talked about, has been a little shaky at time against the run, and Florida runs it really, really well. Um, but I think Wandell has a huge game. I think Will gets in a good rhythm. Let's hope the turnovers go away. I'm going to go Kentucky um, 45-42. Shootout. Whew, like a Big 12 type game. Man. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think Kentucky's defense trended in the right direction. Uh, last night. I think some Shane Beamer fourth down, fourth down decisions definitely helped that. Yep. Um, but I, I cannot imagine Kentucky has another game with four turnovers. Maybe they have one. Maybe Will underthrows a ball again or something like that. Or But I, I just cannot see Chris Rodriguez fumbling another ball for a while. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be lower scoring than we think. I like Kentucky – Man, it's just hard to predict a winner in this one, but, you know, this is a deep podcast. We're going to ride with Mark Stoops. I'm going to go riding. I'm going to go Kentucky 28, Florida uh, 24. For me, too, it's such smart coaching because – and you're the man of statistics, Brent. Yep. you got to get, like, all the bad stuff out of the way when you can still scrape through with those wins. And basically what we've done is – and what Mark Stoops has done in all his wisdom – He's looked at the average amount of fumbles and turnovers you can have per season. Yep. And he's gone, well, if you average 12 a season, uh-huh. let's say, let's just get them out of the way early against teams we can beat, and then we, don't, we won't have to turn the ball over for the rest of the year because yeah. we've got to hit at the average. There's no avoiding averages, right. law right. of averages. Yep. But let's get them out of the way, and then when we come to Florida, we can be perfect. Absolutely. And Very we've got smart. a big month ahead too. So this is going to kickstart a big month. Uh, but, yeah, uh, 
you know, it was great having Wandell in. I think we've covered everything, and we will uh, look forward to getting into the Gators a little bit later on this week. Yeah, we will uh, talk to you all on Thursday. I want to book it down to Florida. Y'all have a good week back in Lexington. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Go Cats. Thanks. Thanks. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous